Holman, what's happening? Hey, hey what's wait a minute. What's up with your uh, what's up with your shirt there? Are they calling all move it over? It's your man boob is in the way Sorry here. Sorry about that. <laughs> calling Hold on, all. Let me let me slide it to the side there. <laughs> calling all Titans. <laughs> what uh, calling all? Oh, that's the Titan Nissan Titan logo. Yeah. Why do you have a Nissan Titan shirt and I don't? Uh, I think they actually sent two and I forgot to bring you one. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, douche. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so what? I don't. What's the slogan? I have not. Is this an advertising campaign? Yeah, you can check out the hashtag calling all Titans and you can probably see a, a bunch of uh, stuff on. Uh, online and social content. Basically, uh, Nissan did a survey of all of their uh, truck owners and found out that people who drive Titans or own Titans are more likely to be involved in volunteer work and philanthropy and things like that. Is that true? Yeah, absolutely. More so... Th- really? Yeah, more so than, I guess, the, the average truck owner. And so they wanted to connect with those customers, so they decided to have the Calling All Titans campaign, and it's in conjunction with uh, some donations they're making. They're doing a, a million-dollar well, donation. I can't get... All, I, you got to pause you right there. I can't get over what kind of interesting psychology that is people who drive guys who drive titans are more likely to be involved in in philanthropy and 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 charitable yeah that's kind of cool right yeah so they're trying to wrap my head around i guess they're trying to look for like the everyday heroes right people who drive the titan who are out doing things in their communities doing Um, good yeah Yeah. and so they uh, they're donating a million dollars to the american red cross uh habitat for humanity and the national parks foundation and they're going to be doing a series of things with their owners and these organizations over the next few months or, or year or so. Okay. And so they ask, Can they donate to us? Uh, I think we're helping them out. I don't think Oh, we're I see. Charity. I have it backwards. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Got the equation is mixed a up. A little in my bit. Head. A little bit. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, uh, you know, obviously Nissan, our proud presenting sponsor of the Truck Show Podcast. Yep. And uh, they asked if we would help get the word out. So, so the hashtag is cool, but it's not where you'd get info, right? No. If you want uh, more information, check out callingalltitans.com. Yes. All right. Let's start the show. The Truck Show, we're going to show you what we know, we're going to answer what the truck, cause truck rides with The Truck Show, we have the lifted, we have the lowered and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline. The Truck Show, The Truck Show. The Truck Show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. Hi, I'm Lightning. Hey, I'm Holman. So what you guys, <laughs> you can't tell, but we dance like such morons during that intro. <laughs> I don't think we're morons. I do. I think we dance well. Right, we definitely, most certainly do not dance well. <laughs> All right, well, we do dance. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing about this show is that we told you on the last episode that we had like, oh, way too much show. This could be it. This could be the one that breaks us. Uh, too long or too much content? No, or? I think just too much. We have we have a lot of chocolatey chocolatey goodness. What does that mean? I, have I don't no know. Idea. Is it I don't know. Is I love chocolate, okay. and there's never there's never too much chocolate. Have you ever gone to Wendy's? Of course, I've been to Wendy's. Are you one of those people that gets a frosty and dumps your or dips your fries into your frosty? No, I hate that. Is that weird? No, I do not do. I, for the same reason that I cannot do uh, pineapple on my pizza. Oh, interesting. I actually no, I can't do that. I can do, do not it. like sweet and sour. No, what you do is you do a pepperoni pizza, mm-hmm. pineapple, nope, jalapenos. Negative. You know what the name of that pizza is? No. I named it. Wait, wait. Pepperoni, yes. pineapple, and yes. jalapenos. Yes. Pe- triple P? No. Because it wouldn't be triple P. It's, there's a jalapeno. I, uh, no, I don't know. 
Aloha Peño. Aloha Peño. <laughs> That's one of my favorite pizzas. Strong. You like that, I like you? the name. I wouldn't eat the pizza. You know, you don't. You can do the jalapenos with I, the. Here's the thing about pineapples. Love them. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite experiences going to the Dole Factory in Hawaii. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Drinking right out of the spigot. The, the, exactly. The Dole float. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh my God. World's stickiest substance. Crazy. What do you? Not the Dole float. The Dole. Dole whip. <laughs> the, the Dole whip. whip yeah. The Dole whip. Exactly. Did you know there's a place nearby that does real Dole whips here? Yes. That's and not Disneyland, by the way. Newport Beach, that one? Uh, Huntington. Huntington. Yeah, Dodo's. No, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Awesome spot. Hawaiian uh, food. And they do uh, real Dole Whips. Oh, amazing. Wow. No, I got I to gotta, gotta get me some of that. So I'm pretty stoked on our first guest. We've got Paul Wilson coming up from DuramaxTuner.com. As you Very know, cool. I've got an 08 dually lifted the whole thing. It's an LMM. And I'm as equally um, excited about tuning as I am my Duramax. Yeah, you're, you're definitely a Duramax guy. Ah, uh, well, I know. Having said that, I have been seriously looking at the new Super Duty. I still don't believe I you. I know you don't. You, I, you are like hmm. one iota away from having the Chevy tattoo on your no, arm no, or something. No, I wouldn't do the bow tie. I do have I, I mad love for Chevy. I know you do. But I really like the look of the new front end. You know, the new yeah. 6.7 is badass. And at work, we've got two right now. We've got a uh, a murdered out 4x uh, and uh, 2017, and I got an that thing's all like a white. bug-out machine. Yeah, it is, and a 2018 dually, Storm white with trooper, black stormtrooper, yeah. white with black wheels, super sexy. And I was going back and forth on Instagram earlier. <laughs> Which I was one? like, A B A. Who, who wore it best? Yeah, um, let's see. I think it was voted the dually one, but just by barely. I had a little one in competition, you know, choose on Instagram, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and the dually just eked out. I'm partial to the dually because I just love that fat ass, um, <laughs> but not in real life, just on trucks. <laughs> sure. I, I like my, my girls shapely, but not too shapely. <laughs> so uh, we've got Paul Wilson from DuramaxTuner.com. By the and way, after that, yeah. Duramax Tuner yeah. actually does more than just Duramaxes, so we'll talk about that. Yeah, which is odd, but they have a couple yeah. other companies that, that Paul's going to talk about. And then we've got Brett from Severed Ties. Now, Severed Ties is arguably, is it unarguably or arguably? No, it's arguably. It's arguably... One of the, I think the countries, or the, maybe maybe the, the the whole world's biggest clubs. Yeah, they've they've got a storied history. I mean, I'm really you hoping. Think of, when you think of clubs, you think of Severed Ties and Negative, Negative Camber. Camber. Yeah, and there are other clubs out there. Of course, there are, but those are kind of the OGs. Sure. And Brett is the president and basically the founder of Severed Ties. And, and there's a there's a long history, and I hope he'll get into that because it's just an interesting story. Even if you're not a a, a truck club guy. Uh, I think you'll find the story of how it came to be and all that pretty well, interesting. Well, look, 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 there's how many trucks are on the road? Lots. It's point point 0.00001% are in, you know, owners are in right. clubs. I get it. But I think it's a pretty fascinating story. And, you know, you, you know someone who's been in a truck club. You know what I mean? And so, I'm. yeah, we'll get to we'll get to Brett in a little bit. But first, what's new in trucks, man? What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. Lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks? Uh! Wow, that was <laughs> awesome. That was in sync. That that might have been the best uh we've ever done. Wow. Wait, we're in sync? No, we are not no, in sync. No, we are sync. not in sync. We are in sync. In sync, got it. All right, That's what, what happens when I have a co-host who came from radio. There's a lot of <laughs> mu- musical puns. And uh, honestly... It's not that I don't enjoy them, because I, I do. Yeah. yeah. This one's for me. <laughs> An in-sync reference oh, on the truck man. podcast. Oh, man. Yeah, what's wrong with you? I'm, I'm giddy 
<laughs> yes. you're, you're something. I one too many monsters today. And I just I had very little sleep the last couple of days, and I'm just existing off energy drinks right what, now. So I'm curious, what's your favorite monster? Because I can't drink any of them. They rot your stomach, and, and um, I just I don't find them pleasurable. I love them. Not all of them, but my favorite by far is the mango. I think it's called Mango Loco, and it's by Monster Energy. And I was a Red Bull guy for many, many years. Really, you actually swapped from Red Bull to, to Monster. I was, but I was not a mo- I was not a Red Bull guy because I necessarily loved Red Bull. It's because they very early on they they bought the sponsorship for uh, Red. Well, that's not even true. I was a fan of Red Bull when they were into motocross. Okay, motor. They were huge in motocross. And then they pulled out. They abandoned motocross, basically. Boo! And so they do. They sponsor some riders, but they don't do what you know. They don't do what um, I don't know. Um, I, I felt like they shouldn't have abandoned that sport. They went very highbrow, very white collar. And you know they've got their F one racing. They do. They do quite a bit. Obviously, if you watch Red Bull TV, you can see everything they're involved in. But they pulled way out of motocross, and so I was kind of butthurt over that. And then. Um, they came around and they sponsored the Red Bull Sound Space at K Rock, the radio station where I worked out for many years. And I headed up that Sound Space, and basically it was a really cool concert venue that we built in the building. And all the bands came to us and performed. Now every radio station around the country has one of those, but we did that many years ago before anybody else. And Red Bull was God bless them came to the table and sponsored the whole space, and it was really and, really cool. And I don't I don't dislike Monsters or Red Bulls or anything. I just for me it just doesn't do it for me. And the taste is I've tried. I've tried. It's probably better that it's like I'm not a coffee drinker either, but I think like energy drinks coffee. See, I cannot. It's taste. so interesting. I was waking up at 3:45 every morning for 25 years, never had a single cup of coffee. Yeah. And this is long before there were energy drinks. Sure. Then I started having sipping on Red Bulls, and they were sponsoring us, and it was a great relationship, and I enjoyed. But I would sip one can of Red Bull, and they're small, arguably. Yep. It would last me all day into the evening. I yeah, would sip you, on it. Isn't it nasty though when it gets warm? I or? would put it in the fridge. You know, oh, they gave just... us a really cool fridge and stuff, and I would put it in there, keep it chilled. Um, but now I've converted over to Monster, and Monster is now sponsoring banks, by the way. You know? Oh, cool. And so if you, when next time you, you'll roll in, you'll see that there's uh, like three really rad fridges of, All right, well, may- full of, of Monster. My favorite Maybe I'll give mango. it a try again. It, yeah. You have the mango? Because I got to get up there in the next one. I week or love so. the mango. All the right. mango, here's the problem with the mango, is that I'm inclined to drink an entire can very quickly. And it's got too much energy in it for for, for, for that sitting. <laughs> so I have to actually, I'll take a sip and I'll go put it back in the fridge. Because you always get the shakes. Exactly. Well, no, I won't get the shakes. I don't, I don't react that way, but um, I don't want to risk it. I don't <laughs> want to risk it. I don't need that much game, energy. Yeah, I don't, right. I will, I've never done a five-hour energy. There are some people that I, suck those things down. I like down. those better for uh, like road trips and stuff. So like if I'm driving cross-country in a truck and I need to make time, I'll do a five-hour Quick swig of it. No, nope. I, I can't do the energy. No, drink. see, I get, I, I'll get a monster and I huh. will put it in the cup holder and I'll sip on it for, for 500 hours. miles. <laughs> 500 miles, one one wow. monster. Yeah, that's efficient. I know. So hey, check this out. The uh, found out that the raptor, the ranger raptor, the little baby raptor. Tell me more. Coming to Europe. Ooh, we're getting closer. A few thousand miles closer <laughs> yeah, than Australia. Right? So uh, no word on the U.S. yet. I My guess is probably not coming this generation, maybe in a couple of years to the you U.S. Mean on our generation? After we uh, die, our kids are going to get it? <laughs> no, 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 no. This generation of trucks. So oh, okay. Probably uh, maybe next generation. But check this out. I've got uh, Herman Salenbach from Ford. You made up that name. Who oversees That's not Ranger even a real Raptor. Name. That's not even a real He's name. He's coming on our podcast. What's his name? Herman Salenbach. From Ford. <laughs> okay. So he's going to come on and talk Ranger Raptor with us in a couple episodes. That's great. So that'll I'm be pretty cool. I'm all ears.
It'll be interesting to see if uh, if he'll tell us any information that we uh, that we don't already These guys, know. I listen, I love our guests. We've had some unbelievable guests. But when we have the real high-level corporate guys on, they don't share a lot of proprietary information. No, they usually have uh, some We do our answer. best to squeeze it out of them, but Tim Herrick's the best. Tim's T- awesome. Tim Herrick. Although, Tim is very good at navigating the no questions. Yes, he is. But I love the way he, he skates around them. Yeah, he does it very nicely. <laughs> yes, he does. You're like, you haven't told us anything. The funny part is, yeah, I remember you did that. You did the truck review with the yes. Silverado, and you got out of the <laughs> truck thinking, man, I got a scoop. And then five minutes later, you go... No, I got nothing. I keep seeing so nice. So uh, also in truck news, the 2019 Ram 1500 uh, fuel economy numbers came out. So I know people have been kind of curious. So the uh, the best model is the 3.6 liter V6 with the e-torque, mm. which is their mild hybrid. 4x2, it'll do a 25 miles per gallon highway with a gas engine. How many? 25. Wow. Uh, so that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, you can get an e-torque. Hemi. What is the highest mileage right now of any of the Ram, trucks? 2018 Ram Eco Diesel. 2018. So Ram it'll Eco do 29 Diesel. on a four by four on a four by two with the high mileage, and I I I think the Ford F one fifty is really close. The F one fifty diesel. Okay. Um, and there's some tuning available for the Eco Diesel as well. So I wonder what that would do. Don't know. Yeah. Don't know. I haven't seen any real world numbers on that stuff. Okay. Um, I can tell you, uh, 3.6 liter V6 E Torque four by two 25 highway. Combines 22, cities 20. The uh, lowest fuel economy is of the 5.7 liter Hemi V8. Um, 15, 17 uh, combined with a 21 highway. So the yeah. worst it gets is 15? 21. Wait, you said 15? City. What? Oh, 15 city. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, but if you add e-torque But to, then most people are driving city with a gas truck. They're not hauling with a gas truck. No. So you're going to get 15. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the five that seven, doesn't sound good. <laughs> the 5.7 Hemi V8 with the e-torque, mm-hmm. uh, 4x4, it's actually 17 city. All right. Which I remember when the Hemis first came out, the 2009 Rams, the DS truck, the 1500s, 17, 18 highway was what you're getting. So now you're getting that in the city with the 19 truck, uh, 22 highway. And uh, e-torque V8 four by two twenty three, so that's not bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty pretty decent. Yeah, so uh, so that's kind of cool. And then probably the biggest news, um, this just came out, and you'll remember we had uh, Matt Felderman from AEV on. Yep, and he was teasing us about basically how they got into a non Jeep or Ram, non FCA brand was the Chevy Colorado ZR2. Right. Yeah, it was a big coup for them. Yeah, and so they had a, a vehicle at SEMA. Well, uh, guess what happened? Today, they just announced for 2019, they're doing an AV edition ZR2 from the factory. <laughs> what? Wait, do, the, do that noise again? Because that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, record scratch. Oh, my God. So, really? Yeah. So, uh, that's a big deal. We're going to have uh, Brad Schreiber come back on uh, in a week or two and talk about the ZR2. Okay. Uh, but the AV edition is, uh, it, it looks a lot like the SEMA vehicle. So, you can get from. Chevy from the factory. This isn't like an upfitter type thing. It's actually a, the 2019. They're calling it the Bison Edition. The Bison Edition. Yeah, that's so, kind of cool. And AEV's logo is the Bison, right? So oh, kind of. Well, ties, duh, ties I had forgotten guys. about that. Okay, yeah, so it ties in with those guys, which is which is really cool. Yeah. Um. So here's all the stuff that you get. So the Bison Edition comes with a uh, full skid plating, right? So five skid plates covering the oil pan, the fuel tank, the transfer case, and then of course front and rear locking differentials because. All right. That comes on the ZR2 standard. Um, but the skid plates are actually made of durable hot stamp boron steel. Wow. Just, boron just, steel. Just sounds really, uh, wow. really strong, right? Well, wait a minute. I have a question. Does it come with. Master monitor key engine parameters. 
I'm not sure I've heard that you have to pay extra for that. <laughs> Uh, and then also the uh, AV design stamp steel front bumper with fog lights, which the standard ZR2 doesn't have fog lights and has a plastic bumper, as well as a stamped steel uh, rear bumper. So you've got a lot more uh, protection. It's not just plastic stuff. It's yep. actually steel. Um, and then the front bumper um, has integrated recovery points, as is the rear. Plus you can add a winch. It's winch ready. So that's pretty cool. And then inside the, uh, the, the ZR2 Bison Edition – Actually has uh, AV embroidered on the headrests, so it's kind of cool, and and also some, cool. yeah. some badging around it and stuff like that. So we'll have Brad talk about how that partnership came together, but you'll be able to get a even more capable and protected uh, ZR2 next year. So that's what we got. How's that thing selling? The ZR2? I see them everywhere out here right now. Okay, everywhere. What about the rest of the country? Have they picked up that midsize truck yet? I mean, they, are yeah, they yeah, all, yeah. all, all think, about it. I think the Colorado it's been at what I think it's uh, four years now, mm-hmm. and I believe that in four years they have a quarter of all midsize truck sales. Oh, wow. Yeah. No. So it's it's definitely worth the investment. I think so, Chevy's three truck strategy is paying off. It's so them. so Toyota not they're feeling the crunch. Well, they got they've got to be right. I mean, you basically have the uh, Nissan Frontier, you've got right. the Toyota Tacoma, and you've got the Chevy Colorado, and now. Ford Ranger about to enter the space. So, oh my gosh! I mean, lots, lots of competition. That's good for consumers. Great for consumers. And uh, you know, I just took our ZR2 out to the desert this weekend. Our long term. Yeah. By the way, thanks for the invite. <laughs> Sorry, the truck was full. No, <laughs> was it really full? It, no, it was. It was my my buddy, uh, my best friend Joe's getting married. In I a few remember weeks. a couple weeks ago saying, "When you make a trip to the desert." Uh-huh. Please include me. And um, we didn't have any seats. So Joe and I, my buddy Joe's getting married, and this mm. is, he wanted to uh, take him and his two boys. Yeah, no, I'm not listening. I'm not listening to you anymore. So we did. So anyway, check this out. Um, love that truck off the road. God, it's so good. It, it's, it's just, it's awesome. Hey, so what's new with you? <laughs> we'll go, we'll go. I listen. I have to take that out again cuz we got to get some photos. I'm taking you out to the desert. I promise you, if the podcast is my witness, yes. I'm taking you wheeling. All right. We'll go have some fun. Dude, I'm going to hold you to it. I'd like you to dial and smile this time. Can you do that for me? Uh, nope. I Why only not? dial. I don't smile uh, <laughs> ever. You you are smiling right now. You're just you're lying to our audience. Who? <laughs> Who, uh, yeah. You're Who? calling Paul Wilson. Paul Wilson. Paul Wilson is at DuramaxTuner.com, but they have a couple other businesses. It's very confusing to me, but the reason I want to talk to... Uh, you know that I'm kind of obsessed with Duramax tuning. Yes. And who else should I go to other than DuramaxTuner.com? Are you saying it's truth in advertising in their name? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I would say that, They're like, yes. we specialize in power strokes, no? I mean, <laughs> here's the thing is they do, and I'll explain why, because they also own calibrated power solutions Ooh, and right. moto ops. All right. So they do stuff on the, t- uh, what do you call it, um, uh, out for everyone to see, and they do stuff that's maybe- On the DL. On the DL. <laughs> All right, well, let's give them a call. Hello, hello, hello. Give me just one second here. Okay. <laughs> hey. hey, can you hear me? We got you, yeah. Hey, Paul, you what's happening? Lightning, home, and truck show podcast. What's up, man? Hey, how's it going, guys? It's going really well. Before, we can't allow you to speak until we play your intro, so hold, sit tight for a second. Welcome to the parts department. Screw, nut, filter, oil, grill, tools, wheels, tires, brakes, lights, Ears, belts, and your wife warns you not to. Don't you spend our money? And then you'll want to come back. See, because Paul, you're in the parts department, and uh, we're spending money, and our wife is not cool with it. 
We heard you're the guy who's got the uh, parts that our bank account are is uh, attracted to. Is that yes, true? yeah. Our our wallet doesn't like you. You know what I mean, Paul? But uh, but our truck our truck does. So. Uh, so Paul and I have had several conversations. I think, uh, did we run into each other at uh, Ultimate Callout Challenge or one of those? I think we kind of bumped into each other. And yeah. so, Paul, you are at DuramaxTuner.com and you've got a couple other businesses which we want to talk about. Uh, well, not I'm, it's, make it sound like he owns it. You know what I mean? <laughs> he doesn't, but he's one, yeah, of, the, no, he's one no. of the integral pr- people over there. And so, Paul, That's you guys. so polite. That's so nice. Yeah. That was the biggest word uh, Lightning's used all day today, I just want you to know. So, Paul, it's very specific what you do at DuramaxTuner.com. Uh, Holman and I were just talking. It's not like it's, you know, Ford67.com. It's very specific yeah, to, yeah. you know, we're not, it's not power stroke. How did that come about? How did you end up, uh, tell us the backstory to DuramaxTuner.com. So, so it's really about the owner, Nick Pregnant, um, who started this, honestly, like working on the side, on the forums, really teaching people how to use EFI Live. But his original, I mean, you're talking now 11 years ago, kind of niche was like just being super helpful and just being a friend on the forums and being really passionate about it. Uh, Nick himself has a really interesting backstory about kind of working in a totally different industry and doing this just straight up as a hobby and it turning into a career and then it growing from a, a very small business. Uh, when I came on almost six years ago now, uh, there was only, I think, four or five other employees. Uh, there was a one-day shop. It was very small, very remote. Um, the website was in, like, pixelated graphics that looked like it was off of Atari. You know what I mean? It, it <laughs> right, was, yeah. It, it was very simple operation, uh, and now there's 27 employees plus. Oh, wow. Wow, that's, um, that's sizable. Yeah, yeah, and, and over six years, you, you know, to, to have that type of growth and that type of rapid expansion. There's now a full manufacturing facility for uh, turbos. Uh, tuning is its own department. Sales is its own department. Believe it or not, they really they spoiled these, these new guys, these rookies, and gave them customer service reps, which is something – I've never heard of before where somebody else handles <laughs> troubleshooting and right. simple walkthroughs. It's, 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 a, it's a real princess palace around there for those sales guys. But, um, but yeah, so, so those guys, it, it, it's really kind of changed just massively just what it was compared to what it is now. It, it's always crazy when I think back. Um, even my experience was, was a very mild enthusiast uh, from afar. I came out of a sales background, and I – I made a huge leap of faith going from a very well-established Fortune 500 publicly traded company to, uh, y- you know, a rundown shop in a, a town nobody's ever heard of, right? That just happened. To what be was the name of the town? Yeah, I was going to say, where are you based? <laughs> uh, it, 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 it was Union, Illinois, and now it's Marengo, Illinois. Marengo, uh, Illinois, probably, okay. Yeah, about an hour and a half northwest of Chicago. Um, so kind of between Chicago and Rockford for those Midwestern guys. Oh, yeah. I know that's like when... Earlier, I was talking to Jay. He's like, "Well, you know, I'm in. I got to go to Santa Ana, and I'm at Banks's place." I'm like, "Bro, I flew into LA. Somebody drove me to Banks's place. Like, I don't, I don't know where it is." People don't realize you, you go to the Midwest, yeah. right? And and you're in a town, and then you go down the highway for a little while, and then you're in another town. You go down the highway, you're in another town. It's like, hey, where's uh, where's Bob's diner? Oh, it's four towns down on the right. Okay. Southern California is literally a tapestry of like 200 towns that all grew together and they're all touching. Right. And like, I love when people from out of town come here and they're like, 
how do you know what city you're in? You're like, I don't know. I just know. Yeah, it's it's like it's like ivy, right. ivy yeah. plant, right? Yeah, you planted everything apart, and they all grew together and entangled itself, and that's just how it is out here. It's weird. They're like, am I? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I would. T- people used to come by K Rock, the radio station, bands or whatnot, and we tour them around. Like, we want to go whatever, and you know, to, let's go to In and Out, and take them one city over, and they're like. Well, we're still in L.A., right? No, we're in Culver City. <laughs> yeah. We're in Santa Monica, and they have no idea where the borders are. And yeah. frankly, I guess without growing up here, you, you wouldn't, wouldn't know, you, right? How would you know? Except for maybe sometimes the street signs change and stuff. But yeah, other than that, it's weird. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you could drive, yeah. literally drive from the south tip of Orange County to Ventura and never leave the city, and that's easily a hundred miles and probably two. And Meaning a half you're hours. never leaving what looks like, like a city, city right? Yeah, 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 you're never in country. Right. You're always right. around urban. It's, it's it's fascinating. Chicago has that as far as like Chicago land suburbs but uh we are we are off the map is what what everybody from chicago calls it so if you're from a, a populated area you would say the world ends at the cornfield uh we're three towns over from the corn oh my god right? so I'm, I'm, I'm i'm right there with you yeah no no but growing up in the sticks uh but it, it it's really interesting to come into duramax sooner that does have like you guys said it started at such a niche market where it was literally just because nick drove a duramax like, he, he bought an LB7, and that's what he started tuning with, like, as EFI Live came out and as they first invented DSP5, you know, D- Duramax switchable positioning and this custom tuning platform that had never really been done for for any type of diesel before uh, once Common Rail came around. So when he started it, it was super niche. And now it's funny, you guys joke about power strokes. We actually, we are tuning a ton of power strokes these days. We actually support the 11 to 18, 6.7 liter power stroke. I, I guess I don't have a problem since I am the marketing guy over there now that, that I'll, I'll drop this little piece of information that we have not released anywhere else. Uh, we just finished up R&D testing on the three-liter F-150 diesels, too, for custom tuning. Oh, so that's whoa. Gonna be the product. How'd you get your hands on one of those? Really soon here. You, you, you know, it's one of those <laughs> things. That one was purchased. Uh, an F-150 three-liter diesel was purchased, and now it is at our shop. Uh, I've gotten the pleasure of driving it. I've gotten the pleasure of going out to take a ton of amazing photos with it, doing a lot of video around it. Uh, so we're kind of ramping that up. That's in, in kind of post-edit right now and waiting on some, some hardware finalization. Do you like it but, uh, better that, or worse than the EcoDiesel and the Ram? Uh, better than the EcoDiesel. And I know everybody at my shop is going to want to crucify me when I say this, but I still like the 2.8-liter Duramax more. And I know that they're just very different trucks and that if you need a full-size truck and an F-150 is your consideration of a full-size truck, then I get it. It, it, I think it's better than a lot of what else is out there in that market. But it's 2.8 liter just on fuel mileage and like creature comforts comparatively. I thought it was really close. I guess I would have a just a little bit better in the 2.8 liter, in my my opinion. So let's talk about the 2.8 for a minute. So right now I'm driving a uh, 2018 Colorado ZR2 with the 2.8 in it. And uh, I like that truck a lot. It won our four-wheeler pickup truck of the year. The only thing I don't like is I need 20 more horsepower, maybe 25. Like is it, it just stock? needs a little, yeah. Do you have a stock one? Totally stock. So I'm curious, when you guys get in there, what, what are the power oh. levels that you bring it up to? Without me sitting in front of a computer, because I'll be honest, I am at home. Right, like you, you know, a little bit remote right now. Uh, we are in a cornfield, um, for God's I sake. Say, <laughs> <laughs> I want to say that the the big two is forty five plus. Uh, forty five wow. plus, okay. Horsepower from there. That should be yeah. plenty. Like I, I think for me, the the stock two. Do you feel? Hold on a second. Do you feel that you can? Um, 
You can feel the difference in twenty horse. Yeah, Holman. Yeah, it just so it's, that's kind of like my ability to tell water different brands of water blindfolded, <laughs> which is super weird. And you By can the tell way, no, 20, I, I 20 know horsepower, right? <laughs> so, so here's the deal, though. It, it's for me the stock two point eight Duramax. It doesn't get as quite quite as good of fuel economy as you might think out of a two point eight. It's it's like low twenties, especially too, in a ZR2. Too, too big a truck for the motor? No, no, no. It's uh, on the. I have a ZR2 also, which the dirt track tires take like two or three miles per gallon off of it, like okay. right off the top. Yeah. But yeah. like a, a stock one's like probably twenty five when a Ram EcoDiesel is like twenty eight, twenty nine on a high mileage you know version. But it's just there's a little too much lag time between the throttle input and when the turbo lights up. So I'll catch it in between gears or maybe in one gear too high or mm. merging. So it's hunting a lot. Not even hunting. I'm just I just catch it in that moment where it's where it's flat footed. And once it's full, so they up, call it's that fine. dead pedal. Yeah. And right? It, yeah. Boom. And it's just yep. I wish the turbo spooled up just a little bit faster. Torque's fine. It has plenty of torque. I just wish it had like two hundred horse. So you need a compound turbo. Well, I mean, I'm not gonna s I'm not gonna <laughs> complain. <laughs> No, no, I love it. I love it. Uh, two, okay, 2.8 liter. I'll, I'll say a few things here. One, I, I've actually had the pleasure of doing a ride-along when we first released the, the 2.8 liter tuning platform with EFI Live. And I, I said the exact same thing. Uh, I jumped in it, and, and we have GoPro of this. The, you know, the video is up on, on YouTube and Facebook, I'm sure. But I got in it, and I was like, it feels like there's a spring under this pedal. Like, it legitimately... You said it... Wait, say that like again? There's resistance. A spring? It feels like there's a spring under the pedal. Like, like I'm pushing against Yeah, something. like it doesn't like want you to have all the, the power. Oh, interesting. Like, like you don't you don't tell me how to drive. Right, yeah. right. Um, <laughs> and, G- and let's face it, GM is notorious, the way they set up their trucks, is they always short shift, right? It always goes... It always wants to be in a higher uh, gear than you want to be in before economy. Yeah, yeah, for economy, for one, um, it will hold a wide open throttle. So, so the thing about a, about the GM shift strategy is it's going to have different reactions of wide open throttle compared to part throttle or low throttle. So it's actually going to hit different cables and go into different strategies or different tuning curves based on how hard you're running it and what you're doing with it, and also what you've done with it in the past. That's what learning is. So as far as when guys talk about a transmission, learning your shift pattern. It's about learning your habits. So if you're sure. like, I always give the example, if you put my mom in it and she drove it and then I jumped in it and I drove it, I'm going to say it shifts like garbage. But if I drove it for, you know, two or three tanks of fuel, it would start to shift better and better and better as it learned my habits. And that's that's um, the case so with most modern bit of trucks there. today. Yeah, absolutely. There's yeah. a lot of people get into a truck and they'll test drive it from the dealership, you know, from from the, uh, the dealership parking lot. And they'll say, I didn't shift right, you know, and... I've spent time in trucks where I felt exactly the same way. Maybe uh, the manufacturer dropped off a tester to us, right? And about yeah. two or three days later, after a couple hundred miles, I don't have that complaint anymore. I think a little bit of it is you getting used to it, and the other half is it's learning your habits. When did they start building in that AI? Oh, I, I, uh, it's been a, quite a while, really. <laughs> no, I, but I mean, at some point, like, you know. call it AI. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But isn't it? I mean, it is. It's, it's, no. it's, it's not machine learning? What is it? No. What, well, then it's... Well, it's we we call it we call it learning, but it, it it's adaptive shift pattern, right? So it it, it is essentially learning. Yeah, I, I guess kind of AI. Uh, but Allison always had it. <laughs> Not okay. Didn't mean to give right? uh, the manufacturers too much credit, but it seems yeah, yeah. borderline I, I, AI. Okay, I've never thought of it about it that way. <laughs> I I would agree with the. Uh, All right, it's a dumb AI. 
Di. I'm sure somebody smarter than me is going to explain to you in the comments or, or an email later about why it's not AI. But yeah, I well, mean, no, if they'll you go on your AI, go for they'll it. go on your yeah. podcast and tell you how stupid we are. <laughs> that's, that's what we hope for. Yes, yes. <laughs> By the way, I, I, th- I think there's some crossover because uh, when you look at the uh, on iTunes, like who subscribes and stuff like that, you guys come up as one of the ones that our listeners are listening to, which is really cool. And uh, we've yeah. had some listeners tell us they heard about us from you guys. So we just want to appreciate uh, tell you we appreciate the the shout out uh, on your podcast. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, I had a chance to meet uh, Holman when I was at Diesel Power Challenge, so we we spent a week together. And then he kept calling me his competition. Do you know this? Can I tell the story? <laughs> Is this okay? Can I tell yeah, the story? Yeah, sure. Go oh, for it. The whole week. I think we were drinking though too, weren't we? It's our competition. I I was drinking nothing but milk. Uh, at the Bible study. Sure. But, the Bible um, study. <laughs> right. But so at one point, I'm like, dude, I, I don't need to be a, a jerk, but you keep calling your competition. I've never heard of your show before. Ooh, damn. In all fairness. I did not mean it like that. I just <laughs> meant, like, I am such a podcast nerd that, like, I've spent I mean, I don't want to admit this in case my wife listens to this show, which she won't, don't worry, but I've probably spent 15 hours at least this week catching up on one nerd sci-fi podcast that, like, <laughs> is totally out there and nobody's ever heard of. All right, of all right. So, in my defense, yeah. in, 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 uh, in the interest of full disclosure, at that point, we were, like, what, five or six episodes in, and everybody was my podcast competition. Everyone, so. yes. Yeah. This is true, Yeah. <laughs> And you, but you guys have been killing it. That's what I want to say too. Is like as as I've listened to the show, um, oh my god, you guys put so much more work in than we do. <laughs> you are a listener of their show, and you're like, man, I love the effort and the amount of like prep these guys have, and like how much, how like how many funny jingles do you guys have? Uh, I don't know how many funny ones we have, but we have a we lot have of a jingles. few jingles. Okay. Yes. Attempted. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay, if you're looking for a lot less effort, but, but you know, still about, like... You overestimate our effort, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's, 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 go back to, let's go back to trucks again. And, okay. And, and so, you, so Nick starts off, he starts with EFI Live back in the day as just a hobbyist. Friend after friend's coming to him, and it turns into a business, and you get a couple employees, and then he moves and gets bigger and the whole thing, and... When does it take off and really turn into this big business? And, and, and what becomes the staple of Duramax Tuner? And then at what point does Calibrated Power Solutions and Moto Ops kind of blossom out of that? Gotcha. Okay, so a couple of things there, right? Number one, uh, Calibrated Power Solutions is like the, was always the official incorporation. Oh, okay. Duramax Tuner was like the, the website initially. And then as we grew, there was Cummins Tuner. So there used to be Cummins-Tuner.com, where all of the Cummins tuning platforms. So once EFI Live started supporting Cummins, we, we rolled that out as a separate brand. And, hey, it's all a part of the incorporation for Calibrated Power. Well, Cummins came out and said, hey, as soon as you try to trademark that, uh, which we did, they were like, no, 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 no. Shut all that down. We own that website now. You give up everything. Oh. So we, had, we had to just move all of our Cummins products, which we also had put tractor tuning under this, a Volkswagen tuning under this. We used to do a little bit of Jeep uh, eco-diesel tuning, uh, which now we it's really shy not, away from now. Not CumminsTuning.com? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we had to move it somewhere. We were like, hey, guess what? We already have this calibrated power, which they had an, an old logo, and then we had just redesigned a new logo and all of this stuff. And um this is, at the time, I was just in sales, so I'm like, guys, I really don't care 
what anybody calls it, but like, can we just sell it? You know what I mean? Like, can we just, can we, like, guys are calling asking to tune their 2006 to 2007 Cummins. Like, can I, I just need a name on something. So they, they just went with calibrated power. And now that, that brand itself has really started to grow. Uh, not quite as massively as Duramax Tuner, because Duramax Tuner always had a great name, uh, because it was so much just out of enthusiasts and, and being helpful and things like that. But it really kind of exploded when LML tuning came out. Uh, so back around 2013, uh, Duramax Tuner worked with EFI Live and, and some other uh, sources and came up with the first flashable uh, through an OBD2 port custom EFI Live tuning. So once that happened, that really just kind of created a ton of demand in a lot of other areas. And then near that same time, just after that, we got into the, the turbo market for the drop-in turbo replacements with the Stealth Turbo, uh, which now that, the Stealth Series, has become its own brand and created its own manufacturing process. And Now, I- excuse my uh, my ignorance with this question, but talking about the, uh, the EFI Live and that you guys are able to, you were the first to package it in a way that you could load it on through OBD2. Now, what does EFI Live get you? Are you guys, is that your base layer and then you guys are adding on top of and, that? And guys, I need to, Holman, remember, we, we do have a lot of guys that either drive gas trucks, probably sure. most of our audience drives gas trucks, and they may not be familiar with EFI Live. So let's yeah. back up yeah. and explain that first. Well, okay, so just custom tuning in general, right? So custom tuning is the idea that um, we're not going to trick any modules. We're not going to kind of work around any of the modules. We're going to go into the actual ECU itself in, in the core programming, and we're actually going to change the mapping of the core program. So instead of saying, hey, when we're telling you to send this much fuel based on this much throttle input, which is how diesel tuning is a really, really basic way to understand how your diesel makes more power as you give it more throttle, right? It gives it more fuel. Right. Um, so we don't trick that module. We just reprogram it to tell it to send more fuel in a, in a very simplistic sense. Uh, so this is something that, that, that everybody in any sort of flash programmer, this is the basic concept, right, is that we're going to flash the ECU and we're going to rewrite some sort of code or some sort of programming in that ECU, and that's going to change how the truck runs. EFI Live just, they happen to be excellent at mapping, Cables, they're awesome. I mean, as far as Duramax tuning for custom heavily modified trucks or custom trucks that want to custom tune on it from a specific tuner, they're great software. Yeah. It, it's really hard to imagine better. Uh, but now there's new players in the game. There's MN3, there's EasyLink, um, there's HP. You know, there's other custom tuning platforms that are out there in the world that you now can look at to use depending on what type of truck you're dealing with, which is, which is why now we're dealing with uh, Fords and we're dealing with, you know, some of the other stuff that maybe we didn't support before. Now, what are your challenges with the uh, with the new trucks? And uh, going through the, the fact that the ECUs can now apparently tell if you've messed with them, everything leaves a footprint or knows if you've gone inside – what do you see from your end of it on, on, on your side of the computer? And then how do you interact with it to either stay on the down low or do you just embrace the fact that, hey, we're telling our customer that? Well, I guess, I, so I, I think that 
most of the guys that are probably tuning these trucks, right, if you've got an LB7 or LLY or LMM or LML on these Duramax trucks, they're all out of warranty, right? So who cares? Is that kind of the theory, Paul? Well, on the older, on the older ones, for sure. Uh, some of the newer trucks, it definitely comes up. Guys who have, you know, a, uh, a, a nice newer LML, uh, they're still going to be under warranty most of the time and things like that. They'll still ask those questions. Cummins and Fords, we tune all the way up to 2018, so it's entirely possible that we deal with customers that, again, are, are well within their warranty period. Uh, what we tell them is that a, a couple of things. Number one, it's always going to come down to the dealership and the warranty department at the OEM. Uh, there's nobody else in the world who has control over it. Um, as far as feedback goes, there's a lot of feedback loops. There's a lot of history in a computer. I mean, if you just think about how any computer works, there's definitely a history in it. So how hard you drove it and specific data logs like ELDs, uh, no, probably not. You know, there's like, I've had guys ask, you know, do you think my OnStar is reporting directly to GM so when I tune it, they'll know? You know, no, that's ridiculous. That, that's conspiracy theory talk, I can't even right? get OnStar but to give me the directions to dinner. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, no, you know what's funny, Paul? There are th- probably tens of thousands of people that believe that OnStar is part of the GM architecture, part of the ECU, and it's not. It's a standalone yeah. um, device that sits that's basically in parallel with your ECU, and it's not in it. Sometimes if you interrupt that communication, you'll get the thing that says, oh, you didn't get your diagnostic, uh, you get an email, right, if you're an OnStar yeah. subscriber, and it says, you didn't, uh, we weren't able to check on the status of your truck last night. It's irrelevant. It doesn't really matter. Your truck's just fine without OnStar. How many people do you think have gotten that message, like, the day after they tune something, and are just, like, in their truck sweating, like, oh. I bet you a lot. <laughs> I bet you a lot. Yeah. Yeah. GM doesn't care to the extent that they're out on the hunt looking for somebody who tuned their truck. They're looking for a tuner that's going to cause a failure, right? They're looking for something that's wildly abnormal. And honestly, if you have a good, well-trusted, custom tuner, there's no reason to believe that that's going to happen. I mean, we tune thousands of LMLs, right? Like the idea that you have an all-stock truck and you want to put a a custom tune on it, that's totally fine. I mean, we're not going to give you something that stupidly dangerous and if we do it's only because you absolutely insisted and fought with us and got my manager on the phone and complained about me <laughs> on facebook and then i had to give it to you like like seriously like we're not into that you know what i mean like that that's one of the things we're really big on is we want to work with people who already agree with us on certain things you like slim tuning you want something that's yeah. going to have smooth awesome drivability yeah you want to peak power to me but that's not what you're daily driving at like well it's and- really you don't want to be married to the guy it. either, right? You don't want somebody to buy a few hundred dollars worth of service from you, and now you're married to the guy in a $70,000 truck for the next 10 years. And, and to your point yeah. about, you know, nobody's driving their truck at wide open throttle, so the peak power numbers rarely come into play. It's all about drivability and making power in the fat part of the band where you're going to appreciate it when you're daily driving it or you're towing. Exactly. There are certain standards you have to meet in the industry you want to make. You, you know, a tuner, hey, it's got to make 100 horsepower over stock in the diesel format. If you're in, you know, the big boys, the 2,500 plus, um, the smaller trucks, yeah, 45 horsepower, 50 horsepower. You get that out of something that made 180 horsepower up front. Uh, you know, you asked, asked at the top of the show, uh, Holman, w- would you notice that? 20 horsepower in a truck that made 180 stock. Uh, yeah, you'll, you'll notice right away, man. Yeah, that's a huge because percentage. it's not even about the horsepower. It's, it's also about what does that throttle response feel like? How does that, like my my exact quote, and this was a, a no BS quote because I was driving around for our podcast, uh, and 
I was like, the truck feels lighter. You, you know, and that's one of the common things we hear when, when guys get a really good tune, they're really happy with it. Um, or even a turbo, uh, although they generally talk more about the whistle and the burnout after they buy a turbo. But uh, <laughs> the senior guys always say, you know, well, my truck feels lighter, man. It's like a whole new truck. It, it's like a whole new truck because we, you do, you, you look at how does this guy use this? And that's one of the cool things about just about all of the platforms. Again, even down to tractors, we generally provide multiple tunes. Uh, whether that's on a switch on the fly format or, you know, some vehicles unfortunately don't have that feature, so they would have to have single flashes. But there's always something there to where we want to give people options about you don't use your truck the same way every day. I just right? want to like, know. you got to be realistic about that. I just want to know if the tractor guys are uh, doing their burnouts and are really excited after getting their tractors tuned. I kind of doubt it. <laughs> and it's funny because in the West Coast, you know, we, we he's dead serious, guys. For you guys on the East and West Coast, there are. There are thousands yeah. of guys in the Midwest tuning tractors. Well, but you got to remember, not you're not oh, yeah. tuning it necessarily because you're going to go tractor racing on the weekend, although some people do. But the reality is, if you get a good tune that's more efficient, you're burning less fuel when you're out in the field, you know, uh, plowing or pulling uh, your yeah, produce, thousands, agriculture. thousands of gallons of diesel fuel. Yeah, so it's, right. the reason yeah. those guys tune it is to make the vehicles more efficient and more powerful. I'm sure there's guys who couldn't buy the next tractor up in terms of horsepower or whatever, so they're going to, you know... Uh, Modify what they have, no different than. Are we talking about tractors right now? We are talking about tractors. <laughs> so, tra- I, 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 so Paul, I, I have you know, you know, you knew that we were going to have to go here, and I'm sorry. There are guys. <laughs> oh, I'm not sorry at all. No, no, no way. I'm not talking about tractors anymore. I'm changing. I'm changing the topic. I'm, I'm getting a little. I'm getting a little dirty here. All right. All right. So I'm. I'm. I'm all right. There are guys that have come to you, Paul. That are they want tuning, but really the tuning is just a means to an end, and the end is to delete the emissions equipment on their trucks. Talk me through this process. Talk me through the liabilities. Talk, because there are you don't have any horror music that you can play I, for I, this I, bit. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> like I feel like there has to be really some sort of horror intro. I don't really have. No, I, <laughs> you remember when I said earlier about planning and and timing and uh, professionalism? And, yeah. <laughs> we have none. I of that, told Paul. you you had overestimated us. <laughs> I was not lying. It was not a joke. All right, so Paul, honestly, Apparently, like. It's yeah. one of those things. So emissions equipment, um, the well, model. Don't delete. So, so I, I get this one all the time. Let, let me jump in here because because I do get this one all the time. Uh, deleting emissions equipment. I get a lot of questions about it. We don't do it. Duramax tuner, calibrated power, uh, based out of Marengo, Illinois. You're absolutely. You're not going to buy delete tuning there. You're not going to bring your truck there and get a delete tune. They honestly, and even as a sales guy who definitely relied on everything that came in because I am not a a good salesman. I, I just like talking to people. Uh, so that would mean that, that like, you know, every minute counted and they, they wouldn't even let me sell Y-Bridge installed, which is outrageous. I mean, it's a Duramax putting a Y-Bridge in it is like, I don't know. Well, ex- explain a Y-Bridge. Um, explain a Y-Bridge, Paul. Okay. Well, Y-Bridge. Okay. So where, where your boost tubes come in, where all the boost ends up coming into the motor, uh, that piece on a, just about every year Duramax, uh, also includes a pipe in for an EGR. Uh, for you guys out in California, for the rest of us. Right, exhaust around. gas recirculation, yes. right? Uh, okay. You got it, yep, EGR, yep. Okay, so uh, that, that blows out a lot, man, yeah. So you lose the EGR valve a lot, or I'm sorry, you lose the uh, Y-bridge a lot. High boost loads, uh, even if you just want to do an EGR delete, you need to put a Y-bridge in it, right? So you end up putting a, a modified welded Y-bridge that's stronger and sturdier. So so anyway, so so they would they stop they wouldn't even let us do Y-Bridge deletes anymore so when i first started way back in the day before h&s got like run out of the country h&s being a big tuner who sold a ton of 
can delete tunes so you could buy we a need preloaded the womp, programmer womp, off the shelf. Yeah, that's what we needed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, H&S, they, they, EPA, big violations. Everybody got in trouble. Uh, H&S, bully dog. Uh, I, I forget. There was a whole list of people that EPA chased down back in the day for deleting emissions equipment, right? That, that's what the EPA does. That, that's their function. So at any rate, so when they get chased out of it, uh, well, we, we talk to lawyers. Uh, imagine that. So Nick's a really smart, uh, not just guy who's into tuning, but he also is like pretty protective of the fact that he takes it very seriously having employees, you know, this, again, this is stuff that started as a hobby. So like to have, well, I mean, let's, let's be honest because the, e- the EPA then. can yeah. come in and just shut you down because the government can outspend you in court every day of the week. So you do that's, have to be careful. The theory, right? right. I mean, there's, there's rumors all over about what, what's, what's going on behind closed doors these days, which, which I don't want to get into, but there is, there is a very real possibility that, that again, you know, you can be, you could be run out of business. Uh, like H&S. So we, we stopped selling the lead team. There is a company up in Motor Ops that we are friends with. Uh, we do know the guys. They are out of Canada. Um, we absolutely, we refer guys over to them. They are their own group of guys. They're, they're a real group of guys. Uh, they're on the forums. They're on Facebook. They're their own company. They really, they have their own building. A lot of guys get confused with this because when we pulled out, we had to have something to go to and we knew the guy who was starting the business. Gotcha. So a lot of people are just like, oh, you guys are motor ops. Well, that's funny because I've never gotten a check for any of the motor ops stuff that's happened, which if I worked there, I would love to know about it. Uh, I guess we could add that to my list of duties. But I don't, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's just people get really confused about that. So as far as like two different companies or motor ops to lead to, honestly, if they would let me do it, bro, well, I'd be driving a lot nicer car. Right, um, <laughs> right, right. But, but, but they don't. It's just it's not an option, you know. Again, because it is, it's a very serious deal. You look at somebody who who is one of the original Duramax enthusiasts, right there behind Gail Banks, uh, would be Idaho Rob. Idaho Rob's not selling tunes anymore, guys. Like it, it's real. Like the EPA came in, NOVs. Like they're they're not messing around. You, you know what I mean? So for somebody like us, where we have. 27 plus employees they just hired another new guy in the shop um so whatever but like you know we have this, this operation going on it, it, it's people's lives it's not just a company it's not just your truck i get it your emissions equipment is failing guess what you got one hundred and twenty thousand miles on your truck you don't live in a state that has regular emissions testing your stuff fails and you want to call me and ask me if my emissions equipment tuner is the fix to it i'm going to absolutely every day of the week tell you not to buy my product and to find somebody with a delete tune because you're out of warranty, it's going to cost you more to repair it than it is to delete it. And if you're not going to get hit by some sort of roadside check, then then it's a logic thing. To me, it's not about a moral thing. It's not about a, a follow the rules, don't follow the rules thing. For consumers, my advice is that do what makes financial sense. If you have good working emissions equipment, don't go rip it off of your truck. There's no need to do that. You can get all of the same benefits out of your truck with tuning it with the emissions equipment on that you can with it off. And there's a very good chance that you're going to be one of the many, many people who have emissions equipment that last well past 100,000 miles. However, those guys don't get onto Facebook. They don't get onto the forum. Those guys They're not angry. They're out enjoying their trucks. It's interesting that you say that, that you can get that kind of power with emissions equipment on because it's assumed because of the loudmouths all over social media that – you cannot tune a truck with emissions equipment on it. It just won't well, ever get any l- kind of power. Let's go back to our friend Steve Sanders at Cummins and what he said. He said, you know, 
with our newest trucks and our latest emissions equipment, you can t- you can basically get the power without ditching all the emissions equipment on it. You, but people don't believe it. Pe- well, <laughs> they don't buy that. I, I, I get it. Oh, but, it's a corporate stooge. But here's Allergies. the thing: they're all fired up. Not, you, know, <laughs> not, you know, going to going to Paul's point about I, I get the whole my truck's out of warranty and all my stuff's failing and I want to keep my truck and so I want to delete because of all the reasons that were mentioned. I, I get that, but. Don't you think it's also a thing? It's kind of to me. I go back to the fuel economy crisis of the late seventies and early eighties, where all of our cars were saddled down with smog pumps and things like that, and there were, was no power, and people <laughs> thought it was the end of the automobile. That's sort of where we are with diesel performance these days. And I feel like we're in the early nineties now, and people are figuring out how to make power with all the you know, all the goodies that you used to have to strip off. You can do it with everything on now, right? And so, well, it's funny the perception of that because if you go back and you look at every model that's been released for every manufacturer, the horsepower has gone up every year. As opposed yep. to in the eighties when it kept dropping, absolutely, the trucks have gotten better every single year. But yeah, I, I didn't. I'm sorry, I, I hate to cut you off there, but yeah, no, I, I totally agree, man. The the, the loudmouth there are just. They're talking about how you have to delete because they had a problem. Delete the CP4. Go to a CP3 on your LML. You have a 2016 truck, and you're telling a guy the first thing he should do is rip off a $3,000 pump <laughs> and put on an older version of it because you had a problem because you ran water in your fuel because you didn't have a lift pump? Like, you're crazy, bro. You're crazy. Well, and then look at look at your, your business. And obviously, you guys are growing. You're adding employees. You have, you know, a great product lineup with a ton of SKUs and, and all that thing. That wouldn't be possible if you c- didn't have happy customers who are returning and the fact that you're able to tune those trucks with all the emissions equipment on and, and kind of, you know, ha- play serve into diff- two different masters, right? And and still create a product that is in demand. And so I think that says a lot too, right? People are able to take the new trucks, do those things to it, and then go out and enjoy it. And at the end of the day, that's what it's about. If you're not out hardcore racing or or you're not out doing those types, you just want to have a daily driver that you can love and enjoy and you want it a little bit better than stock, you can have that. It's okay. People are doing it. You guys are doing it. Absolutely. Well, man, <laughs> we could talk to you for quite a lot longer, Paul, but then it would be the whole show would be Duramax. And, but you you do yeah. other – so let's recap really quick here for folks that are curious about tuning, whether it's their Duramax or it's their Super Duty or it's their their, their Cummins, their Ram. Um, tell us where to go and the sites, the socials, et cetera. Yeah, sure. So it's really simple. It's, uh, go to DuramaxSooner.com if you have Duramax or GM-related products. And go to CalibratedPower.com if you have any other diesel under the sun. Uh, that, that's really it, man. We, we really, we don't try to get into a lot of other crazy markets, although there is some, some stupid projects going on. <laughs> and I say stupid just because they haven't let me drive them yet, like the Ruxer with the Mahindra motor in it. Oh, I know those guys, too. Uh, Paul, I have a feeling we're going to run into you at SEMA, and uh, and we'll have to get you on the phone again. We really appreciate you uh, making the time for us. And also, don't forget... Uh, hey, no. You, to uh, to plug your podcast, we appreciate the uh, shout out for the truck show. So uh, anybody who loves diesel performance, check out the Diesel Performance Podcast with uh, Paul and Chris. Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate it. You got it. All, All right, right, buddy. Talk we'll to you talk soon. soon. Thanks, Paul. Thanks. Bye bye. Holman, you know what time it is? Uh, time to read this giant pile of email. It I'm is. At. Yes. <laughs> you email? Yeah. I email. Do it. We email. That's right. Everybody email. Type it up. All right, Holman, can we get through this giant pile of emails? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I need video of you doing the robot for that. What is that? Don't it do works that for again. the robot. <laughs> totally works for the robot. Oh, I'm sorry, everybody. Wait, next was, time you uh, ask, next time you ask me what time it is, I'm not going to say inbox me. It's time to dance. <laughs> Uh, I, I I will share video with you guys uh, at some point. A, a Holman doing the robot to the to the inbox theme. All right, am I first or you first? Uh, go for it. All right, this one's from Richard. Another really good episode. Don't edit anything down. Well, maybe the intros. The show is not too long. I guess we had addressed it. I thought yeah. that the intro, the, the last episode was a little too long. I'm a Velocity Channel junkie, and I'd love to see a Velocity Channel on Sirius Radio with a truck show. As a regular feature. Keep up the good work, and I'm an XL, Rich from New Jersey. Hey, you know what's cool about that is we've got a ton of Velocity content coming up in the next few weeks. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, we do. Hey, uh, Richard, uh, where's our five-star review? Come on, buddy. Come on. Yeah. Okay, so I've got one from Matthew here. Holman and Lightning, yes, I did that on purpose. He actually puts that in his email. He says, I was shocked as heck when my wife and I heard you read my email while on a recent road trip. Thanks, guys. <laughs> he says, uh, your content and level of guests have grown exponentially, and I learned something from every episode. Keep up the great work. And also, I forgot my mailing address in my earlier email because I thought I had no chance of being read. I will post a pic on Instagram and tag you guys. Nice. Faithful listener, Matthew. All right. Thanks, buddy. Lars writes, hey, Lightning and Holman, I'm pretty sure that car jumping in Alaska on July 4th has to be the same deal that Roadkill was at. Love the show. Five stars! Hey, five stars! stars. That was, wait a minute. That was, what are you doing to me? Do it again. Five Five stars! No! What are we doing wrong? Go up and, you go, five stars! We do this every week! Listen to me. You're screwing it up. All right. Listen to me. We go five stars. Okay, right? Kind of, yeah, right. Five, five stars. No, <laughs> I don't know. You went up like two octaves. What's what happened to you? Right, here we go. Here go. we go. Five, five stars! stars. There it is. Okay. <laughs> I'm listening on Google Play, and I found the show when Mike Finnegan posted about it on Instagram. Yeah, Mike's got a massive Instagram following. I checked it out, and like many other people, I found the jingles annoying. Hey! hey. But as soon as I kept listening uh, to more episodes, I found myself singing along, laughing my ass All off. All right. Now I look forward to every episode. Thank you. Uh, the offset steering wheel thing really bugged for a bit because I was listening at work, and the wheel on my big truck is a little offset at the center of the seat. I drive an 07 Freightliner Classic XL. I've attached a picture, and I pull super B-grain trailers locally in Saskatchewan. Uh, I was pulling 63,500 kilograms. That's fourteen. That's 140,000 oh pounds God. loaded. By, by the way, a typical uh, big rig here in the U.S. is about 80,000 pounds, just for comparison. 140,000 pounds, dude. Wow. I figured you fellas would get a kick out of the weights. Yep, that's what she said. Uh, I have a 2017 Sierra with a 6.2, lots of power, 4.5-inch lift, 33-inch tires, with a uh, and a rusty beater, 1978 square body, 4x4, 350, four speed with a homemade blade for pushing snow. I love pickups, mostly GMs, and the show is awesome, and that's from Lars, and he says, P.S., shirt size is a large. Now, here is, hold on, Holman, look at the uh, the photo. He's against a, uh, what are these, grain, grain silos? silos? Grain silos. Like. Now, he's carrying, so he's got a badass Freightliner, and it's, uh, it's it a long looks, nose. It's a long nose, and it looks, I want to say it's lowered, but I can't tell from this photo. Um, that thing is cool. He's got fenders he's got on it, double dual, trailer. Dual trailers. Now, in California, we get gypped because yeah. they can't pull dual trailers. Not like that. Not like this. This is badass. Wow. So, Lars, I'm jealous of you and your job. Well, it looks like we got uh, some more Canadians. Uh, we've got Josh says, hey, Lightning and Holman, just got to say I'm loving the show. I was hesitant at first to try listening, but once I started, I became hooked. 
Tons of info, and I enjoyed hearing the backstories of your guests. And please keep those jingles coming. Growing up in a Chevy and GMC family, you can imagine the shock and horror when I bought a Tundra. (laughs) (laughs) They even asked if the radio played Japanese music. I, for one, think that the Titan and Tundra have not gotten the appreciation they deserve, so it's been great to hear you talking about them. I hope Toyota keeps investing in the Tundra to keep it competitive. Any news on major future updates? Um, Not yet, but uh, as soon as we find out something, I'll let you know. Yep. And he says, uh, this is the best part of the whole email, he says, I've included a photo of our Tundra with a load of straw recently. It's a 2007 with 300,000 kilometers, about 186,000 miles. He says, and since the disappointment in not seeing any Newfoundland dogs on your recent trip to Newfoundland, thought I'd include he a picture. He did not send a picture. Yes, he did. <laughs> jo- Josh, awesome. He says, uh, let me see the photo. Here you go. Oh. He says, thought I'd include a picture of our dogs for you. Toby on the left is 11 years old and is half Newfie and half Golden Retriever. And Titan, great name for a dog, by the way, on the right is a purebred Newfie and just nine months old. I want to wow. hug both of those dogs. They are going to be a. They're going to be huge, and b. The one on the left, I don't see any golden retriever. He is just <laughs> a giant all fuzzball. New, yeah, I I Very love Newfies, man. Yeah, wow. I'm, I'm a huge dog lover, and so uh, anytime you guys send us those foes. Anyway, he says, keep up the great show. Two hours flies by when I'm listening, and yes, I've already put in a rating. Five stars. Oh, five stars. So that you got right. That <laughs> see, I didn't have it. to think about it. Yeah, that's that's, yeah, you got about it. And he said, "Of course, I'd love to get a T-shirt if possible, medium, please." And as soon as we get some shirts, we will definitely get one. Just because you sent me a picture of the uh, of the dogs. There you go. Uh, let's. Oh, that's his picture of him pulling all the hay. Yeah, oh, with the damn. tundra. Holy damn, that's a lot of hay. It's <laughs> a lot of hay. What the what? My what kids. The... Every time we pass a hay bale, you know, a truck with hay on it, I always point, and my kids are like on their, you know, with on their phones doing something. Yeah, they don't care games, about you. And I point right across his face, and I go, Hey, 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 as if something's <laughs> happening. And he looks over, he's like, Thanks, Dad. Yeah, you're being hey. real punny. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one's from John. Hey, Lightning and Holman. This is John from the west shore of Lake Tahoe again. I just. Just thought I'd send you a pic of my 2016 Eco Diesel quad cab for your Instagram page. My wife and I are road tripping near Mammoth, camping in the truck and riding mountain bikes. You can just pick out the ARB fridge in the back. Your show is always awesome, and I look forward to it every week. Thank you, and that's from John. All right, we got a couple of reviews on iTunes. One from uh, Chuck says, "Found you guys through the B team." Thank you, oh, B team. Wow. Very yeah. cool. The B team, by the way, is a podcast. Uh, it's a behind-the-scenes podcast that focuses on the early years of the Kevin and Bean Morning Show at K Rock in L.A. The podcast that uh, that I founded and I left. I wish I, I just, uh, yeah. <laughs> for, left. for this podcast. But we're happy to have you. Yeah. Uh, he says, "Found you guys through the B team and have been an avid listener ever since." The episode with Ted Moncure from uh, Pro Comp and Four Wheel Parts is awesome. Keep up the good work. Fall Guy segment? Question mark. I, I like that. I think a Fall Guy segment, if we could figure out backstory, where those trucks are, how many they killed during the series. I think that we will be able to find some. There's There are a couple companies that just do show cars. Yeah. I'm sorry, not uh, movie cars, movie film cars. cars. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that would be worth doing a little investigation. Yeah. Oh, I, I think it'd be kind of cool. But I also am curious, Fall Guy is very niche and very specific to a year range, and I don't know... How many people would recall Fall Guy? Yeah, but if we introduced them to it and talked about how badass, and by the way, the later trucks, so they, it's it were, was all based around square body uh, K10s. Basically. Like if I, we even say Lee Majors, I would say seventy percent of our audience is scratching their heads. Not, not important though. He was the main. He was the lead I, I, actor, right? But what's important? He was the freaking Bionic Man. Dude. I know, but my point and is also that going, the truck. Man. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, we're dating ourselves. <laughs> the point is that the truck. They went through, it's kind of like Dukes of Hazard. How many freaking vehicles did you go through? Because the Fall Guy always had these epic jumping truck shots. 
And I had found an article a while ago that talked about later in the series, they were on custom-built chassis where they moved the engine to the center of the truck in order to get those epic jumping shots and not have it auger like a lawn dart upon landing. <laughs> and so the, the technology and the things they did later in the series to make those trucks air out is pretty cool. So I'd love to, I'd love to follow and up on that. And they did similar things to, uh, damn Duke, Sam Duke, for the General yeah. Lee. Yeah, absolutely. How many cars did they trash? Dude, how many is each of those worth today? A lot. Oh my God! It's like watching chips. I know we're dating ourselves, but we you watch, stop talking you about watch chips TV. today, and it's like people are going to think, do, "Do these guys watch any current TV?" <laughs> yes, yes. You know, we orange do. is the new black, and no. Uh, listen, we, we did, Yellowstone's pretty good. Stop for a second. All right, we need to make a pact. Nope. Listen to me. No, All I'm right. serious. I'm being serious for a second. We need to make a pact that at some point, either this episode or after the quote unquote Fall Guy episode, <laughs> we cannot keep. Going back to the well, to the past. No, we, we have can't. to. No, we can't. That's who we are. No, we it's can't. how we got here. I promised myself. I fell in love with trucks because I watched Fall Guy. Listen to me. Listen to me. All right. When I was in high school, uh-huh. I hated classic rock. Yeah. Because I didn't. I wanted. I liked new and now and future. Okay. Okay. And I, I, I love talking about the past, but I think we can get. It's a slippery slope. Because the more we talk about the past, we solidify ourselves with people that are our age and older, and we're not going to get a 24-year-old dude who loves trucks. He's like, I don't understand no, the references. he is going to pick up his phone it's and search true. for Fall Guy it's on not, YouTube. It's not true. He's I'm, lazy. I refuse to make that pact. The one 24-year-old that we, li- that we have <laughs> listening, he's lazy, and he's not looking up the Fall Guy truck. All right. You, listener- 24-year-old <laughs> that we're talking to, you need to settle this dispute between Lightning and I, and you need to tell us- truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Who's right? Do you like hearing us talk about old stuff that you can go back and see epic jumping videos of K-10s flying through the air? Or is that boring and you don't care and we should only talk about today's stuff? I'm Let us know. Yeah, inquiring minds want to know. All right, we'll see. We'll, we'll do an email survey and we'll see what we get for next uh, n- next show. All right. All right. I'm in. Fine. Uh, 66 Scout? <laughs> was like a, was that like a battle? Fine. Yeah, whatever. fine. <laughs> <laughs> we just go to bed and stay angry and uh, we, won't, we won't have back, breakfast back together. To back. Yeah, back to back. <laughs> uh, new to the podcast, was looking for one that talks about off-roading. Found it. Love listening to all the different trucks and topics you guys cover. I'm an international scout guy, but love all types of trucks from old Toyotas to the new Raptor. My current truck purchased used in 1994 is a 1966 Scout 800 Sport Top, Ooh. and she's still running strong. Keep up the good work, Brent. And Brent gives us five stars! Five stars! All right. Boom. And then one last one, uh, awesome podcast from Hall 90 says, this is a great podcast. I'm into hot rods, 4x4s, and diesels. They seem to hit on everything I'm interested in. Oh, five, wow. stars! Oh, five, five stars! Five stars! All right. So uh, thank you, everybody, uh, for subscribing and hitting up five stars. By the way, the uh, the five-star rating on iTunes is what helps us get some visibility. And, uh, of course, we're available wherever you happen to be listening right now. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So let's get – hold on. I think Brett still say, Brett, come here. Brett. Brett. Sorry. To, I just cursed to me. I'm yelling in everyone's ears. <laughs> Brett, come on, Eddie. So uh, – Brett, I think that we are are we diverginizing you for um, your podcast experience here? Absolutely. I'm I'm not a podcast guy. I've, I I I'm, I'm familiar with the concept, never listened to one, never been on one. I've been asked to be on several. Ooh, we're uh, the first. Yeah, so at Off-Road Expo what, 2 years ago? Yeah. Yeah, you were, "Oh, let's do this." And I'm like, "Let me let me put you with Jeremy Cook." <laughs> right. Just, the closest I've been is I did the Peaches and Buttercup show with Marcel yeah. Benable and, and Tom My McQueen. boy Marcel. 
uh, one night and now, but that's not really a podcast, so that's just a video thing, right? right? That's right, a right. Facebook that's, Live. That's as close as I've been to any uh, any of this mess. Really interesting. Yeah. Okay, well, so here's the thing: people don't know about Brett Oaks, right? Yep. You are you are still the president of Severed Ties, yes, correct? Sir. All right, don't say anything because we have a uh, got a special intro for you for in the club. We in the club. We in the club. We rolling deep. We rolling deep. We in the club. We in the club. We scraping streets. Scraping streets. Nothing. Lower. New. Old. Fast. Slow. We're in the club. Nothing. Lower. New. Old. Fast. Slow. That's what we know. All right, so Brett, whether you like it or not, you're in the club. Okay, I'm good with Is that. Is that what you know? Is that what you know? Yeah, yeah. That's it. There we That's go. the thing with our show. You may not know because you don't listen to podcasts. You would have no clue, but everyone gets an intro. Okay. So this is this is the, and it's been a couple of episodes since we've had someone in a from a club. In a, from a club. Yeah. yeah. So been we a while. had what was the last one? Was it not a not bump side? What was it? Uh, the Ford Club. Yeah, the bump side club. Bump side club. Yeah, the uh, sixty-seven seventy-two Ford uh, F one hundred Facebook group. Gotcha. Bump yes. Nation. Okay, a Bump Nation. That's what I was going for this whole time. <laughs> Bump Nation. Yes. Gotcha, gotcha. Good bunch of guys over there. So we are often asking ourselves in this room, all by ourselves, like, Holman, who's who's the biggest club? It's like, well, it's Negative Camper, Severed Ties, and uh, who should get somebody? It's like, we keep coming back to these two clubs. There are other clubs in the country, but you guys are are pretty much the godfathers and the biggest still to this day, right? Severed Ties? Well, <clears throat> biggest is, is a relative term. Um, so the way it worked out was... As as Courtney Hollowell from Negative Camber, he he traveled a lot, and um, so he was the one that kind of originated the whole worldwide or nationwide thing. Is that true? Would, oh yeah, absolutely. Courtney? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, because as as a magazine guy, he he traveled around, and and you you want to you know you want to have yourself a little group of like minded people. So then he started creating you know some chapters a little bit, but as we started progressing, basically we. We our our logic was you had to move from a chapter to another city or state to start a chapter, so everybody in the in the beginning was somebody that was living somewhere. It all started in California. It actually started in Yucca Valley, Yucca Valley, California. Um, and really? Then, yeah. And then Kurt had. For those left. of you don't, that don't know, Yucca Valley is just Way uh, out it's there. east of Palm Springs in the middle of nowhere, and it's just it's Yucca trees. It's yeah. like uh, like jo- Joshua, Joshua trees. Tree. Yeah, it's right. not it was, it's it not all... where you would have thought would be the hotbed of. Uh, truck club activity no no and, and it, how did it, it start out there um uh, so there's the, the real long story a lot of people don't understand this but but the name severed ties when you ask yourself what the name means is um it's not what you would think it is the actual name came from me and some friends had gotten together and we started a, we had bounced through a couple of clubs and then we started our own club and it was called choice concepts Choice concepts. Yes, and and we did that for a little while, and, and we had a chapter in Palm Springs and chapter in Yucca Valley. And I think the reason why Yucca Valley was the club thing was because of the Palm the uh, Spring Break stuff that came out to Palm oh, Springs. Oh, right, right. Okay. So yeah, so I think that's where it kind of it kind of jumped off of. But after about a year and a half or two years at Choice Concepts, it just got full of a bunch of people that I didn't enjoy. So I quit. And, okay. And it was actually me and a guy named Fast Eddie, and a few other guys, Kurt Forkren. We had started that club. I quit. And um, just kind of gave it up, and then I realized I missed it, you know. So, how got, old how old were you at this point? Young. <laughs> I mean, you're talking seventeen, uh, eighteen? No, I was in my twenties. Okay, probably early twenties, maybe maybe uh, maybe twenty, twenty one. How many other clubs were there around at that around at that there, time? Well, what year was this? Sorry, I don't mean to date you, but like was, I just want to put it, it in perspective. It was nineties. Uh, 
It was early nineties. Early nineties. So, so my okay. first mini truck was a was a Datsun seven twenty bullet yes. side. <laughs> um, actually six twenty bullet side. Almost died in that truck, as a matter of fact. How many then, times? Just once. Okay. I literally almost died. I got broadsided by a guy Whoa. driving an AMC Hornet, and um, the paramedics thought I was dead when they showed up. It oh was, my god, it was that bad. But then I got a Nissan Hardbody, and that was a 1990, and that was kind of when the whole thing kind of took off the truck club thing for me. You were the guy with the Hardbody. I was. I was. I had the mirror on the tailgate and the 15H reversed. <laughs> I had every bit of it, man. Every bit of it. Um. So we're in Yucca Valley. So after I quit and I and I spent a few months and not really enjoying it, I realized I, I wanted to go back. So there had been a few other guys, Mike Donahue, uh, Randy Ellenson, I think. There were, there were four or five other guys that had – Kind of lost their way as well with Choice Concepts. The name Severed Ties was all the original members were people that had severed their ties with Choice Concepts. That's where that's where the name I came from. I never would have A lot of that. people didn't know that. And so when we decided to start another club, and there's a really weird reason why we started a club. But when we decided to start another club, we then called Kurt, who had started a chapter of Choice Concepts in Phoenix, Kurt Forkerin, and said, this is what we're going to do. He then decided to scrape all of their logos out there, and that's why we. That's when we originally had two chapters of Severed Ties, one in Southern California and one out there. And then we had you know smaller chapters around Southern California, but that's kind of where the name came from. Gotcha. If you guys are hearing some banging in the background, that's uh, that's Brett banging on the table, <laughs> illustrating. He's never done a podcast before and didn't know that if you slam the table, you get noise. Yeah, right. yeah. So normally it's uh, <laughs> lightning and ice knees or elbows or something more. Yeah, than I, I picked up on it a second. Yeah, ago. and so and you, Brett, you haven't been molested by our ant situation yet oh, either. So have when, ants I, when, I, when I did the peaches Still. and buttercup show, apparently I spent the whole time rubbing the table for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to ask Marcel about that. Yeah, he'll, he'll, tell, he'll tell you all about the background it. Well, here's the thing: is that we're pretty low rent, and you guys. If listening, you've never seen the show. So we have, we had four of these uh, desk-mounted mic stands. Yes, right. And the mics are really expensive mics. Yeah, high, ones, super high end, super high end mics. Ones, right. Yeah. Okay. But the thing is, we could we ran out of money right after we bought the mics. So <laughs> we had to buy these. I felt yeah. like you guys were tooting your horn there for a second. First you were no, broke, no, 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 really no, no, no. So what happens? And then you're broken. So, again. so, yeah. we, so we get the mics, and then we have to go to Guitar Center to buy like cheesy little stands that you're whoa, using. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on, hold on. What what happened is we, if you guys listen to like the first ten episodes, you can hear us typing on the computer. You can hear a bunch of banging, and it would be well. The first lighting. two we recorded at K Rock, well, the true. radio that's, station. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, you could hear our knees banging the table, or our, or our phones going on the table. So once Nissan came on board as our presenting sponsor, I told Lightning, I said, "All right, dude." We, we got to step it up. We can't afford four boom mics, but we're getting two. <laughs> so, we, so we got these. They look like something you'd put a desk lamp on, yeah. and it supports our microphone. Like, and and there's there uh, the microphones are suspended. So we're going a little out. too inside, but yeah. it just it was just funny. I was I'm watching you going. Ah, oh, he doesn't know about this whole mic. Eventually, thing. eventually, we're gonna have four boom mics and support our uh, our guests. But right now, only Lightning and I have the best. Brett, we'll bring you back in so you can have a fancy boom <laughs> mic. I would love to have a fancy boom <laughs> mic. <laughs> okay, so so you're, you're taking us through this. So everyone's kind of jumping ship now. Every Everybody had and jumped ship, back to, and we, we, we started. We started Cyber Ties, yeah. Um, and the only reason why we actually started a club, I get this question a lot, is why bother having a truck club in this day and age? There really is no point to it. You can learn everything you need to learn on the internet right now. Back then, you had to belong to the Southern California Mini Truck Council. And in order to belong to the Southern... <laughs> Hold on. That's so distracting, Holman. He's taking <laughs> he's taking selfies of all three of us. Yeah, like, we, we have to have pictures for our Facebook and our, and our well, stories. But so. he's telling a goddamn story. What are you doing? What does he care about yeah, pictures? I, so that way I don't have to smile. He, okay, you camera. realize he If ju- I'm talking, he, I don't have to smile while he's taking exactly. pictures, right? And he just said he was on the Peaches and Buttercup video. That's video and time. I'm just doing still pictures. 
All right, maybe it's me who's distracted. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> don't worry about me over here. I'm trying to get some photos. Okay. No attention to the man behind the curtain. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> um, so back then, you there was no way to figure out where the shows were unless you belonged to the Southern California Mini Truck Council. In order to do so, I didn't know that there was a Southern California Mini Truck Council. There was a what? council, and and we, Holman, they were had you a, part of that? I was not. They had a once a month meeting at Mount Sac College in Mount Sac and Mount San Antonio College. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. So, in order to be a part of the Mini Truck Council to figure out where the shows were at, you had to have a club, and you had to have bylaws, and you had to have all these rules. And, a, and a, a little rule book and everything to act like you were official so you could be a part of this mini truck council so you could be allowed to go to car shows. That's what? why we had a car club. And then now, you know. How I, big was this council? Uh, there were. And was this huge. was this council, did it go into Texas? And No, it, it was just Southern California. Okay. And then after a while, they started a Nevada version. And I don't think the Nevada version did very well. Okay. Um, And it was, you know, it was. Your president, vice president, treasurer, you paid a little bit of money. How many clubs were involved in this thing? How many clubs were around? You know who would have all of these answers? It's somebody you probably should look into having on your show at some point if your club interested is Bob Hayes. Bob Hayes. Bob Hayes. I don't know Bob Hayes. Do you know Bob Hayes? I don't know Bob Hayes. How do you not know Bob Hayes? I mean, the name sounds familiar, but he's, I don't he's know. I know a lot as, of people. He's old as dirt. He makes me, <laughs> he makes me and Alex Anderson feel young. Um, but he was the founder of Sunset Truckers. He used to. He's the the founder of the Resolutions Truck Show. He was basically started that whole. Oh, nice. He was the guy that branched the vans into mini trucks. Oh. Um, been around. I think they're celebrating forty years or something. Wow, right now. dude's been around forever. He was a big part of the mini truck council, but. And it was actually a pretty good idea because you had to be accountable at that point, but the internet has kind of ruined all that. Back to the first, now, now you reminded me of what the original question was to how we got to where we are right now. You asked me about the biggest club. So as we started branching and doing our thing and Negative Canver kind of did their thing and, and we were well bonded. Were we you, were, so you weren't rivals? You no, Negative no, 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 no. We were... Like, no I, beefs. No beef. I spent so many months passed out on Courtney Hollowell's couch. <laughs> and he was making By the camera. way, yeah. you're not the only one. <laughs> yeah, I could, I could tell you some stories that I probably should never, ever repeat in my lifetime. <laughs> Don't worry, nobody listens to this podcast. <laughs> Go ahead. No. But, uh, no, there was no rivalry. You know, and, and there's a whole other story there that a lot of people don't know as to how we became the, the cohesive group that we did. How? So there used to be a guy by the name of Kane Morris. And he was the owner, founder of the Hack Shack from way, way, way back in the day. The Hack Shack did walkthroughs and, and, they and framework did whatever, and stuff? whatever it took. The okay. MIC, there was the same whole deal. It was whatever it took kind of Master Image Customs reference, everyone. <laughs> Whoa, yeah, 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 the yeah. obscure. I'm, I'm, I'm old, I tell you guys. MIC. I'm old. But so they used to have these three-day runs at the river. And it was just ultimately you got locked in this park and you just partied your ass off for three days. But- to get a good spot, you had to get there early. So we used to send somebody out on a Wednesday or a Tuesday, and we would make them camp for two or three days ahead of time to make sure we got a spot. Sounds like on a big weekend at Glamis or something. Or way, any, way any nicer. Popular way car. nicer. There's a big cruise. Everybody drove around. But we'd always make sure we got a really good spot up front. And then King would always show up. Hey, man, let me just get a few trucks in here with you guys. And then before you know it, his few trucks was 30 and our 100, and, and then it was just this big, big mess. But... From so many years of Kane coming over and kind of weaseling his way in, that's how we became the tight-knit group that we became. A lot of people don't know that story as well. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. 
So as we became more and more diverse around the country, you know, kind of around the country and out there a little bit, we were able to pick and choose who we wanted to have. We, you know, we had a lot of guys that worked for magazines and that led to us getting more and more vehicles. You know, there's only 12 covers a year in each magazine. And if you've got an editor in your club, chances are (laughs) you're going to get more vehicles on the cover because usually... The magazine guy got drunk the night before in your camp, and then he nope, got up and never he, had to heard shoot, of that. he had to shoot something real quick <laughs> to, prove, to prove to his boss that he was working. So he got up and he shot whatever he could see no, wherever not, he woke up at. Right. So we got a lot more trucks totally on false. the cover. Negative camera got a lot more trucks on the cover generally because of just th- that. Um, you guys, I mean, it's crazy. We were talking to um, Aaron Kaufman and, and Finnegan. And both those guys, I knew about the clubs on the West Coast. I yeah. don't know if they... Well, you, you Finnegan know. used to be a member of yeah. Ties. I'm sorry, wrong guy. Kaufman, for sure, knew about the clubs. And mm-hmm. he was even telling us, like, he would race to the to the drugstore or the gas station to get his copy of Mini Trucking. He worked he, in the gas station. Oh, is that what the deal he was? He worked in the gas station, and he knew when Mini Trucking came, the day it was delivered, and mm-hmm. was ready to, to, to grab that. Gosh, so it's interesting that... The, print media. So the thing is, you... I miss it. Did you realize at the time, Brett... The good old that, days it is. Yeah. Did, did you realize at the time that the clubs were as big and as important as they were? No, but it, it became... At that time, I didn't, but it became painfully... Oh, I became painfully aware of it a little bit further down the road because... We were able to write our own our own rules. We were able to create our own ticket, us and Negative Camber, and we were very selective about where we started chapters and who would be in these chapters. As people would come around and they would wait and wait and wait and try and try and try to get in and they wouldn't get in, they would turn around and they would call somebody from another chapter, Freaks of Nature, No Regrets, another club, and say, hey, you know, we want to start a chapter. Well, it's generally because they couldn't get in where we were at. You were in, that selective. Oh, we were bad. We would make people wait years to get in. Just sometimes. because you were dicks, or because no. they had a lame truck, or what? Mm. If a guy, all right. So if a guy rolled up and he's got the baddest truck, like he spent, let's call it eighty k on this truck, which is hard to do probably back in those days. Yeah, oh, back and then it was. Yeah, so, not so hard now, but <laughs> right, right. The so, truck you start with is eighty, is 80 grand, now, right? right? A full mm. size truck. So, mm. But like, what was the litmus test for letting guys in? Either the, if the guy's a douchebag, he's never getting in. But yeah, if he's got, but if he's got it, a it, rad truck and he's a dick. Maybe no, no. It was never. It was never. You kind of had to hang out and prove yourself. And so severed ties. Negative camber was always the 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 club that had the nice trucks. Severed ties had semi nice trucks, but we always had a hell of a party. <laughs> we were known like we used to bring U-Haul trucks to these three day runs full of kegs of beer. <laughs> and you had a wristband, and you paid for a wristband, and you got in whatever was in that U-Haul truck. You drank the whole weekend long, yes. and that's how you know. Sort of we, like uh, if you squint, everything looks a little bit better. If you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. exactly. <laughs> we were the party people. Negative Camber was more of the the higher end stuff. And then a few years in, you know, I mean, up until two thousand and three, I'd never even built. A really nice truck, but I had a dually that everybody knew because it always had 14 people in it and they were all drunk. <laughs> you know, um, I was never really, I mean, always been a car guy, but never really built any show cars until recently. But so as we were selective about who we wouldn't, would or wouldn't let in, other chapters started coming around. And if you're in a major area and there's already a chapter of severed ties, there's already a chapter of negative camera, there's no reason why there shouldn't be all the other ones as well. So that's kind of what led to the whole. Everybody going worldwide. Um, it just kind of, as as you weren't allowed here, you just found a better fit for, for the type of person you were. And it wor- it's worked out well. What was the attraction to the average kid that wanted to be in, in Severed or in, in Negative Camber? Like, why do they magazines. care so much? Magazines. 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 Really. Um, and, and I personally blame that on magazines because it created something that just, just skyrocketed out of control because... 
back to the the magazine guys would wake up and shoot what was closest to you know and, and they all for every truck that was on the cover there were probably 10 other trucks that were just as nice and it became oh, political well, it, it was, did it did be, yeah. I, I remember we we used to call it in the can right so we would go out to a show we would shoot five or six potential covers that sounds like a we, sexist remark we'd have <laughs> but it, amazingly can? not um but then we would have like 10 or other feet you know 10 or more features from a show so now you come back with 16 17 20 trucks from a show and you may not get your cover for two years or mm-hmm. three years mm-hmm. and then you'd have a guy where you need a feature and maybe you're doing a toyota special or a nissan special or a full-size special well now you're going through whatever's in the can you're grabbing whatever matches that now the guys are pissed off because they didn't get their magazine cover that they're quote-unquote promised and then you have you know even the different factions the you know truck and mini truck and sport truck tailgate i mean all those different mm-hmm. magazines fighting with each other and inevitably we were really good about this i never played this game but inevitably you would have the competition would go hey i'll give you a cover if we can mm-hmm. shoot your truck mm-hmm. they would never give you a cover and I've had to go – when I was in trucking in the early 2000s, we had the biggest issue ever. Trucking was doing more than a million dollars a month in ad revenue. Wow. It was over 450 pages, and it was it was a juggernaut. I mean, it was it was massive. And I had people – like a phone book. Oh, wait. Oh. That's a reference <laughs> no one gets <laughs> yeah, anymore. Exactly. It literally but, got to a point to where you're saying it got so bad that everybody wanted a letter of intent. Yeah. Because everybody was making a promise and it got yeah. there were so many letters of intent being written for those very yep. reasons that they stopped. They, you cannot get a magazine to write a letter of intent anymore. No, no, because it, it got out of control. Mm-hmm. And and I remember, you know, we would have people mad at us or call, you didn't put mine on the cover. And you're like, dude, you got in the magazine. Like, you know, mm-hmm. and today you don't have it's not the same. Um, social media ruined that. And I'm sorry, it's just not as cool having your cover photo on Facebook as it is. Nope. Being able to hold a magazine in your hand, and and uh, you know, it's I, I miss I miss that part of the business. And like I said, back when trucking was four hundred and fifty plus pages and and million dollars a month, I mean, raking in the money, we would go out some somewhere. I would set up a feature, and then tailgate would come in, or you know, uh, one of the Buckaroo pubs or whatever, and and uh, they would you know say something like, "We'll give you the cover." Blah 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 blah. Did trucking promise you anything? Then the guy would come to me and go, hey, uh, I'm not going to let you shoot my truck because those guys told me they'd get a cover. I'm like, well, you know how many other people they promised them to? We've got 13 and issues o- and oddly, two covers. even though there is a, like a minute amount of magazine coverage going on compared to back in those days, yeah. those games are still being played. Oh, I, it's, it'll, it'll sure. never end. I remember telling people back in the day, I would, I would say, hey, man, that's cool. If you want to go with the little magazine, that's fine. And usually they'd come back and we'd shoot them for trucking because nobody, yeah, you wanted to be on the cover, but would you rather be in trucking magazine where everybody's going to see it or be in somebody else's magazine that you're going to have to hand out copies to all your friends because nobody gets that magazine? And I'm not going to lie. I threw that out there several times where it was like, you want to be in the big book? You want to be in that book? Mm-hmm. You want to be in yep. little magazine? And just trash your competitors and that's how we got, you know, so I, I had covers. I, I built the truck. It was the F-150. Uh, the two, it was 2003. It was the last year of that rounded body style. And I cut it in half, and I put a full-length bed on it. And it was a really, really beautiful truck. Um, but I was very loyal to Courtney. Lo- loved the dude to death. Um, and we should say that Courtney Hallowell was the editor of... He's been the editor of uh, everything. Everything. All of them? Everything yeah, pretty much. And he passed away in what year? 
probably what, five years ago now? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Feels like that. maybe more, but yeah. No, if, it, if, it, it's probably not even quite If you go back years. to okay. our uh, Finnegan episode, Finnegan talks about Courtney's flop house and how everybody would sleep on the floor and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. if you want a little more background on, on Courtney and how we fit in this, well, Finnegan talks about it in one of our previous episodes. So it's it's worth a listen if you haven't heard that story. So so very, very loyal to Courtney. Love the dude. Very to influential death. guy. Absolutely. One of the greatest people to ever walk the face of this earth. Um he wanted to shoot my truck, and I forget who he was with, but he wasn't with one of them. He wasn't with trucking. He wasn't with street trucks. He was with somebody else. I can't so, remember so which he one. shot the truck, and then and then the magazine ended up folding, and he never ran the feature. And uh, I never by that by the time he so I let him shoot it, and then months or years had passed, and he'd never run the feature. It never got run. Well, at that point, in my opinion, the truck was no longer a cover truck. It it, it had its wares, you know. Then Jeremy Cook came to me, and he was at that point he was with street trucks. And um, he shot it for our 15, like the year that we had our 15-year anniversary of Severed Ties. He shot my truck and a truck that Kurt did for the cover. Now, in my opinion, I don't think at that point in time my truck was a cover truck. That goes back to my political point. It was still on the cover of the magazine just because Jeremy saw a way to make an episode out of putting my old truck on the cover of a magazine. Gotcha. I never subscribed to you this truck is cover worthy or not. To me, it was always about the story. So going back to the point of Jeremy found a story, mm-hmm. sometimes you have a story in mind as editor. I don't care about how much money you spent on the truck or how much you paid that paint shop to paint it or how much you paid that fab shop to, to do all the work. What I care about is the story. And as, I mean, Lightning knows, we talk about every every week when we're putting the podcast together. We don't want to just have talking heads. We want to have stories. We want to relate to you guys. It was no different in the magazine world when we had to put an issue together and a theme and a story. And so sometimes people would, going back to being political, people would say, oh, that that, that doesn't deserve to be on the cover. But the reality is if the story was right and the story was good enough and that's what drove people's interest in it, then it was good enough to be on the cover. I, I don't want to sit here and turn this into a whole bash session, but there was a point in time when somebody decided they needed a new boat and so then they started pushing boats in Truck and Magazine. I'm going to... Uh, <laughs> he's going to take the fifth on I'm this one. I'm going to take the fifth on that. Um, and, yeah. then, and then that also turned into boats... Jet skis and mini truck in magazine, and I remember. I, I would what I was wondering how that happened. So and, someone at the, at the, uh, the other, someone wanted a jet ski and said, "I'm going to blow out." Yeah, I don't necessarily know that somebody wanted a jet ski at that point in time. I think it was they had realized that the magazine had kind of gone stale. They couldn't put cars in it per se. They were just trying something different and trying to, to follow the footprint of what trucking did. But it was a lot of controversy both ways. Yeah, and, and I mean, I was there during the era of the matching boats and trucks <laughs> and trailers and all that. And I think it, it, at some level it made sense. Yes, but, it did. But mm, <laughs> I mean, it's no without, without without alienating people who mm-hmm. are, might be listening. I felt like it had gone too far, jumped the shark. It got to a point where it was a yearly thing. It wasn't just a normal cool thing. It ended up being – and you also have to remember, trucking was so massive at the time, we were getting massive corporate sponsors such as Vortec. So Vortec, who obviously General Motors, was pushing their new line of Vortec engines, and this, the, the first few generations of the Vortec small blocks had come out at that time. And so they had marine lines as well as the truck line. So the idea was let's have a truck pulling a trailer with a matching boat that has a Vortec engine – that's based on the truck engine, that sort of stuff. And so things got very convoluted and the corporate yeah, side Very of muddy. Thing, I can see yes. it. Yeah. So I anyway, I mean, it. you get it from being in radio and how those things grow and, and evolve. And we weren't all happy about it because the purists in us knew what we wanted to do. But at the same time, 
you know, we had to make our paychecks too. When I started at Truckin' Magazine, we had eight people on staff. Today, Truckin' has one person on staff and a bunch of freelancers. So that just tells you the type of overhead and, and, and the type of, of staff that we had and the resources we had back then. We don't have nearly that today. And, and Truckin's 150 pages, 125 right. pages it's, if you're it's, lucky. It's almost, you know, I love yeah. Jeremy to death and I know he's trying to do what he can yeah. with it. But it's disheartening. Yeah, no, it's all, all, all the way us. across the board. I, yeah. You know, I, I don't. I've, I we have we have older listeners, we have younger listeners, and I I I always I, I don't know how it's perceived. I wish we could get some feedback from younger listeners to see what their perception is. Is it a bunch of old dudes waxing poetically about the time of magazines, the way that our parents used to say black and white TV, and then I listened to radio when they were talkies or whatever. They, I mean, like... I used to turn my pages with my fingers. <laughs> yeah, so so we don't want to sound like that. Right. Because no. we, li- we live here and now, and we're yeah. super stoked on all the new models and but everything that's happening. However... This is fundamentally the foundation of where we are today. I, feel, I feel like what's happened with... with with that whole thing is is the the lack of print media has kind of driven away the car shows because now there used to be a point in time when when we had five or six shows a year you yeah. know big shows Mid where, where well the I'm talking about yeah. big shows where guys would come from state heat to wave, state to Greenville wave. I'm talking before heat wave in Greenville okay. I'm talking I'm talking um, spring splash I'm talking endless summer back then and guys would yeah. come you know they would save up all their money yeah. and you know none of us had come money a thousand back then. miles yeah well, they would for, they, for, for a younger guy. Endless summer. Explain endless summer to to a twenty four year old that's okay. never been to a show. Like now, and I will say this. Oh my god! By the way, don't let me forget that we have some a very special announcement coming up. I think in next episode with Jordan from Daytona Truck Meet. Okay, so don't uh, let me well, forget. I, that. I won't let you forget that. Okay, but the reason I bring that up is Daytona Truck Meet feels like the we, old, we old school. school it feels like an old endless summer but, but tell me but let me for they're all doing motels at night instead of camping, camping with the at night and the other side of it is today's world is not the same as it was we could get away with way more shenanigans let me let me tell you how i sum up this whole truck club <laughs> thing to people and how we got to where we are and it, it kind of shed a little light on endless summer okay back in the day when you went to a truck run on Friday night, you got there and they put you inside and at a certain time they closed the gate and whatever happened inside that place that happened was, yeah. and that was so it. So no cops. No cops. So the way I used to look at it is I, I got a truck and I, and I figured out, hey, I can go to these truck runs and I can drink a bunch of beer. Yep. I can get in fights and I can hook up with chicks. And those were three yep. of my favorite things to do when I was younger, <laughs> right? So then I realized if I got if I got a nicer truck, I could drink more beer, get in more fights, and hook up with more chicks. <laughs> then I got a club. And then I got, like, even more beer, more fights, and even more chicks. Then I'm like, okay, get the you're biggest at, club. You're at max. I'm at the biggest club now. I'm getting all the beer. I'm getting in all the fights and a good number of chicks. Right? So and I have look, a secretary I, to I look my back dive. at that, yeah. But now I'm, I'm old. I don't hardly drink. <laughs> Definitely too old to fight. And my old lady frowns on me hooking up with chicks. <laughs> so I just have to look at it as a glory days. And to me, yeah. that's what Endless Summer was. You just went there yeah. and you just partied. Partied. I mean, they try to do some of that at Daytona Truck Meet and, and stuff like that. But uh, but I, you know, you, you don't have the nudity that you had then. You don't have the bikini contest, all that kind of stuff. I mean, it was even in radio for you going back to clubs back in the day, right? Like that is totally different than than what it would be like. The closest thing would be um, like Tex Mex was kind of like the, the the same deal where you went in there and everybody camped. You put up tents and you just spent the whole weekend. You went out one time on Saturday to get beer more run. beer. <laughs> yeah. You got more beer and some kind of food, some snacks or something. And you went back in and you partied all night and you yeah. got up Sunday and you went home. And that was 
a truck run back then. And, and it's still somewhat alive, but everything has moved east. Well, and, and back then we used to do cool things where we would do river runs, like Havasu poker run with trucking, trucking nationals we, we used to call it, where we would all go to the river and we would party at the river and we would shoot features and we would ride on boats and we would do all the things. But we also had t- Vegas Nats was, was awesome as well. We would all caravan to Vegas, and we took over Fremont Street. We had a band there, and everybody was on Fremont Street under the lights with their trucks all polished up and beautiful. And it was like everybody from SoCal invaded Vegas for a weekend and just partied. And it just it, it that doesn't exist in this world anymore. No, it does. It does. It just well, doesn't I, I do exist think, in California. Well, yeah, that's yeah, okay, what, so that's I, fair. But, but, but no, I just I, wrote I down East right here, yeah. East, and I want to know that was the key word. So why? Why East? What happened so, here? The, the, why are Californians assholes? Like, what? How did we drive it out? Are we too cool for school? Is um, it redneck it now? Evolved, like, what is? I, I think it's not so much that I, I feel like everything you know, everything that happened in California slowly moves east. Right. It's always been that I way. I understand that, but but you're talking like two years. Usually the East Coast, Midwest, it's it's two years behind. You're talking about 18 to 20 years behind now. I don't buy that. Mm, I, I don't is it, they know. Still, like, Florida is still known for, whenever you see some crazy story where a guy gets his stuck in a in the in the jet of a of a jacuzzi, right? It's in Florida. <laughs> like, guy, people do crazy <laughs> In Florida, it's true. <clears throat> that stuff doesn't happen in California. It doesn't. It's not happening in Scottsdale, Arizona. You know what I mean? Right. It's happening I, in Florida. I never so really what thought is, about it? I don't know. It's I, you got the young. When you think of the crazy colleges these days, right? It's they're the Florida colleges. What's happening there? When all the cam girls, you know, that the, like they're all from Florida. Like it's all happening in Florida, and I can, no one knows why. But and then it's like towards the Panhandle and all that. But I. Can you explain it? I can't. I, I don't know why. I just know that that I, I feel like for a long time the people at the East, Aaron Kaufman example, looked up to what it was going on here. And then yeah. we hit our life expectancy and, and just as they were starting to come into their life expectancy. And, and I believe that it's dying there too. I'm, I'm you know, uh, Lone Star Throwdown humongous show but not the same deal it's not you don't go there and camp all night everybody goes to motel rooms everywhere out here where there's a venue that you can stay in motels the venues don't want the people right you know so the only way to do these things like bob hayes is trying to bring back rezo again this year and and we'll see what what's happens. rezo the, resolution resolution how do you not know i wasn't rezo? in a mini trucking back then it was one of the first I got I got taken days. to shows by guys like Sean or my friends, but I wasn't in the scene. My friends all had mini trucks, but I just wasn't part of it. I was into the imports. Like these guys do mini trucks, and I had Hondas back when nobody was doing Hondas. I was in the mm-hmm. scene because I was a magazine guy. It wasn't you know it w- I learned about it just through work, right? Like I I was an off road guy that wanted to get on in a magazine. Trucking was my first opportunity. I jumped at it after freelancing, and I learned a ton about custom trucks. And so. Maybe this. Think about this. People east of California have far more expendable income because it's much cheaper to live. You can't buy a mini truck anymore. You can't buy a truck to build for less than $50,000. Hold on. That Nissan Frontier out okay. there, no. <laughs> 18990 all day long. <laughs> you can right now again buy, but it wasn't, mini trucks weren't, I mean, you, you yeah. had the hard body, the Toyota, yeah. the Mitsubishi. There was a point in time when $12,000, you yeah. could walk in and buy a pretty nice mini truck fully totally. loaded. Yeah, totally. That Those days are come and gone. Now it's a big deal to build, and, and you know, back east, everybody's got something new on big wheels. And, and in my opinion, something new on big wheels is pretty cool, but I don't feel like it's that custom. 
I feel like it's just like we kind of already did it. And you, yeah. You, well, it's not that. I feel like you just financed your way into cool. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You didn't really build anything. You you bought something, and then and I'm probably going to get a lot of. Well, shit. you know what? There are there are some guys, and I've been trying like hell to get uh, like there is new stuff going on, like Plan B. So it's owned by this guy named Rob, and I I'm, I'm trying to get a hold of him. So he builds crazy suspensions on Duramax, Fords, whatever. And you're talking about 36 inch lifts, huge, big deal, full like just throws the suspension away straight axles everything and it's it's gorgeous gorgeous and the guy's also in florida the stuff like you know to be there's their sema quality almost all of them or better ah, yeah, and yeah be careful you throw that sema word around sometimes sema quality isn't that, yeah, cool. isn't that good okay well you know what i think people assume it's good so magazine we just assume cover quality. Quality. Bar, right? yeah right <laughs> co- co- yeah yeah magazine cover quality limited smoke and mirrors yeah exactly limited <laughs> smoke and mirrors so so he's doing some really cool stuff, and there are some guys that are doing some really, really cool stuff. Oh, I'm not stuff. saying there's not. And it's just not happening out here. It's not happening out here because I feel like we went too off-road out here. We went way yeah, but, but too that's off-road out here because we had some desert. Well, not only that, but it, we got chased out of all the good venues. Mm-hmm. The police situation or the, the, the city ordinances got a lot tighter for the things you can get away with. The venues didn't want all the activity. They want the people, but they don't want the camping and they don't want the shenanigans and, and the jackassery that we used to do back in the day. And quite honestly, not that expensive to take a truck off road and you've got the whole desert to go do all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I work, think a lot of people graduated. killing that too. Well, yeah. This, that's BLM so, or the- so Brett, today, where is Severed Ties today? The organization? How many members? Is it worldwide? Is it, it's, it's like, uh, and, and where are the events? Like if I'm, if I'm 22 and I'm like, I, I don't, Facebook is not giving me what I need. I want to actually go hang out with some guys like-minded. Are you still accepting members? Uh, yeah, How does yeah, it work? We, we still we still accept members. You're not but still prima donnas like back in the day. No, or? no, no. no. Well, <laughs> it's still the same. It's still the same process. I mean, you come around and nobody likes you. There, there, there's a. I probably. I'm not even going to get in. There's a guy right now that that believes that he wants to be a part, and there are a lot of people that just aren't having it. And you, you, how do you hurt the guy's feelings? You know what I'm saying? It's just they're just. So yeah, we are still very selective. Right now, we're at about 375 members, all over the nation. Uh, New Zealand, Australia, Japan. Wow. Um, How do you Canada. regulate your membership overseas? That's got to be difficult. We don't really. We just kind of we picked a guy, and uh, so you name, trust the president of that area. I trust the president of every area. Okay, and, and, and basically, um, it's one of those things where do you know them personally? I all know the presidents, every one of them, every one of them personally. Um, I've traveled enough and spent enough time with all of them that, that I know the kind of person they are. And the reality of that situation is is anybody can be a good person for three days. Anybody. After three days, the cracks start coming out. So I am in no <laughs> position to start telling somebody that lives all the way across the world how he should be treated by everybody else in his surroundings. They're, they're your peers, not me. I may be the guy that brought this to you, but they're your peers. They're the ones that you have to answer to on a day-to-day basis. And it does happen where... I've met people that I thought were really good people, and then I'll start getting calls from their president, from their vice president, going, oh, this guy did this, and this guy did that. I mean, I've literally been in the middle of people's divorces. Oh, my God. Because the wife wants to be in the club, and the husband wants to be in the club, and then oh, they, no. they get they get separated, and, well, who gets to stay, and we're going to be fine, and, and, and we're going to so, both be able to stay, and long, we're going to get along fine, and then as soon as one of them starts dating somebody else, <laughs> yep. everything goes to what I mean, like, so is it? Is it? It runs that deep. I know there's a uh, lot of severed ties tattoos. You have one, don't you? I have about thirteen of them. Uh, severed ties tattoos. All of them. But you only have one look. Oh, inside his lip. We gotta get a photo <laughs> of that. That's rad. He just folded his lower lip over. So, what? Um, 
That sorry, that was distracting. Me. <laughs> <laughs> the one that gets me is a lot of people have it right, like on their forearm, oh, right? No, so that yeah. yeah, yeah, it's huge. They're dedicated. It, it's like um, because th- you you when you talked about the divorce. That's serious. That's not like a dog who gets the dog, right? Or who gets the child. Yeah. It's who gets to remain in the mm-hmm. club. Mm-hmm. So what is it about the club? Is it the friendship that they've built with yeah, the other people? A, a lot and, of it, and a, a person that gets is, ejected yeah. like it. So if if its husband doesn't get to stay, then it's now her friends and he's jealous well, of yeah, the but, activities. But like, think what? about it. Like, okay, so I've been through divorce, so I I get that. And then you have to start going through your friends mm-hmm. and figuring out. But it's interesting. Those you couples, you right? don't really cons- you don't really think could people listening going, oh, it's just a bunch of dudes hanging out drinking a bit. No, like it's families, yeah. it's friends. They it's, work it, for each other. They do business with yeah. each other, you know. And, and the worst thing for me is when they do business with one another. Yeah. It's it's the bro deal. Never works out like it's supposed to. Never. Work. Almost always in Just up. pay cash but, and just suck it up. Yeah. So I'll give you I'll give you an example of how it that that kind of all just blows up. Got a guy working for another guy, both club members, right? One guy, the owner of said shop, finds out that his employee has been stealing from him a lot. Well, he's oh. a super laid-back guy, and he just wants the guy to go away. He wants the employee to go away. doesn't want everybody in his business. So he doesn't really tell anybody what's happened. So he says, guy's got to go. And I'm like, I get it. He's got to go. So he goes. But he doesn't – but they don't want – he don't want the, – uh, the owner doesn't want the employee to be kicked out of the club. He just wants the guy to not work for him anymore. So now, because the owner doesn't want everybody to know what's happened, he doesn't want everybody in his business, he doesn't really talk about it. Well, now the other guy's going around to everybody. Uh, I got fired for no reason. and yeah. Or uh. even worse than that, he's just going around and hanging out, and now you've taken the guy that, that was wronged, and he's a very silent, yeah. you know, inside guy. He doesn't feel comfortable around these people anymore because that person that wronged him is more important to them than he is. Right. That sucks. So now what do you do? Okay, well, that guy's got to go. Everybody wants to know, well, why does he got to go? Then you got to air somebody's dirty laundry out in order for everybody to understand what happened. You severed ties with that guy. (laughs) So, yeah, it makes perfect sense. (laughs) So, yeah, you severed ties with that guy. But the, the issue at hand is, so now... Guy A has severed ties with Guy B, and Guy B has been kicked out of the severed ties chapter, but he still gets to go to all these car shows, and then he walks up to people that don't know the story, and they still treat him like a friend. Yeah. Mm. And then you start seeing social media, so-and-so Guy B was hanging out with with Guy 13C and 14B and 17A, and then pictures all over the internet, and then Guy A gets his feelings hurt because he's not as... You you, kind of get what I'm going... Right. So, So then all of a sudden you're... You got to go and you got to air somebody's laundry out so that that guy gets a true, you know, hearing amongst everybody. It just turns into a mess. Have you done that? Have you had like a, a, a court of opinion? Like our, like a, some kind of a hearing where you sit in I, a room and... I generally just say, okay, which one of you has been here longer or has more precedence? And the other one's got to go. And then if that... if if Simple. If dude A has been here for 13 years and dude B has been here for 12 years, dude B has got to go. Dude A can decide how he wants to air his laundry out or not. And then if he doesn't air his laundry out, Dude B's still going to be treated like he's a part. So it, it, it's it's always ugly. Gotcha. Let's talk trucks for a second. Okay. What is the nicest truck that you are aware of that has ever been uh, as a I guess, owned by a member in Silver Ties? Oh, there have been so many. One of the ones that, that has always stuck with me, and I don't know why it's always stuck with me, was a uh, uh, was a uh, um, Someone owned the Wienermobile. No, Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. No, 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 you you own the Wienermobile. I, I don't even I don't even know why this truck has stuck with me over all these years, and it's the strangest one that stuck with me was um 
so Josh Freeman. I don't know who that is. He he worked he worked for um, he was on the first episode of Aaron Kaufman's show, Fast and Loud, Shifting no. Gears. Yeah. Oh, Shifting Gears. Oh, oh, the and new then one. Yeah. when when he left that show, he now works at Gas Monkey, I guess. Okay. But he built a truck, and and I, it was really strange because I didn't know the guy very well. I don't even know a lot about his background. But he built this truck, and it was a silver Toyota Tacoma, I think it was. Beautiful truck, all tube frame in the bed. And the thing that got me was it had um, tail lights that were molded. Like they weren't molded. They were they were. Black sand in, and then they were smoothed into the back of the bed, and then they they were painted over, and then the so, paint lit so up. Seamless. Oh, yeah. not only seamless, but you couldn't even tell the lights were. You there. could not see they were part of the graphic, and then oh, when you wow. stepped on the brake, the paint lit up. And and for some reason, that truck is it probably wasn't the coolest truck that's ever been in the club, but it's it's that truck that stuck with me. But you yeah, love yeah. the craftsmanship. Oh uh, yeah, and the the story behind the guy was him and his dad built it in his garage. It was the first truck he'd ever built. Oh wow, and it was beautiful and and love those stories. Yeah, I I, I don't know why that truck stuck with me but it, it, it's just the one it's the one that i curse myself me. for having a single car garage because if i had i think i've had a two-car garage i would be building a truck with my son not even joking yeah i'd be building a slam bago truck well in and i've seen your house and i've seen your single car garage and it and, sucks ass and all your stuff including the rock crusher are out on the street yeah undercovers undercovers you know what uh. you need you need a friend like casey scranton yeah we, in, fa- well, <laughs> in fact i have a casey scranton Story well, later. So Casey, Casey owns what's his? It's a uh, CGS, CGS Motorsports. CGS yeah. Motorsports. He does mainly exhaust, right? Yeah, it's all, pretty much all he does. Okay. Except for he does so, the SEMA stuff. Every okay, year. so so funny story, and I'll just tell it now because we're on the topic. Literally moments ago, like five minutes ago, mm-hmm. I get an email notification from Facebook, and so Casey, if you remember, we had mentioned him in a uh, in a previous episode. I don't. Talking about what? Yeah, episode one. Mm-hmm. At thirty three minutes and twenty seconds, we gave Casey a shout out. So we posted on the Truck Show Podcast, at Truck Show Podcast on Facebook, and we said, so Casey, you owe us a drink. This was on March 12th. Literally, I'm not kidding, like 10 minutes ago, Casey writes on her Facebook page, that's awesome. I just heard this tonight. Thanks to Brett Oaks for showing me. I do <laughs> so, owe- While I was sitting out in the parking lot- <laughs> I do owe you drinks now, SEMA 18. So we have drinks from Casey, Casey Scranton yeah. coming our way. Love it. When I was in the parking lot waiting for you guys to get your- together <laughs> i was on your facebook page sorry looking. we were talking to our friend paul from duramax I, I get it um so then i sent him a screenshot of that and then but so he's he's kind enough to let me keep my dually in his, in his oh nice let's because, talk about your dually for a okay. second so that was did it make its debut last sema, last SEMA yeah. okay and tell me about that process because everyone has we have probably i'm going to guess 99 percent of our audience has never been to sema they hear us talking about it all the all the mm-hmm. time they probably don't even know what sema stands for specialty equipment manufacturers association mm-hmm. and eh. nope it's manufacturer eh. specialty equipment manufacturer nope come specialty. on if you're if you're gonna chastise everybody for not Am I wrong SEMA, wait a minute wrong. specialty specialty no, equipment manufacturer nope. association no it's not it's not? No. What is it? Specialty Equipment Market Association. Market, yes. God damn it. I knew that. <laughs> I would, I You're absolutely right. It. Market I was, Association. I always I laugh because everybody, everybody assumes it's manufactured, and it's not. It's Specialty Equipment God, Market this Association. This one's for me. Oh. Thank yeah. you for uh, self-booing. That makes my job easier. <laughs> yeah, so, ouch, that hurts. I suck, <laughs> and I take. I accept your scorn. So... <laughs> 
Um, it, so it's it's everyone knows it's a big car show. You see it on the magazines, you see it online, whatever what's happening, and and the booth space to, to show your truck there. You either have to know someone who owns a shop or owns has a manufacturer, and they're showing there, and it's tens of thousands of dollars to have a booth there because it's the elite so of actually, the elite. Actually, you can't get a spot there. It's sold out. No, no, no. It's not that it's sold out, but so every manufacturer that's actually a, has a booth, they're given a certain allotment of spots. So you can't unless you have a sponsor that that has an actual booth. At and they, SEMA. by the way, they have to pay for those spots. Yes, they're, yes. They're, you yes. can. They'll go to a manufacturer who makes springs or something. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll go to Eibach and say. All right, you have a booth that you have a 30 by 60 booth, and that means you get two spaces, yeah. one inside and one outside. And we have to pay for it. We used to get them pro bono because all the magazine coverage, and in the last few years, it's like, oh, no, no, you guys want the spaces you have to right, Well, they say, they say to Eibach, they'll go, like, you get two spaces, and they're each $800 each. Yeah. Right? So it's not even it's not, free for that. I don't think it's that much. Yes, it is. Oh, is it? Yes, From- it is. From the manufacturers, because <laughs> like, I know what I paid for my space last night and it was, or last year, and it wasn't that much. Well, you had you were in the back. Well, I was supposed to be in the front, but I was late. Interesting. <laughs> Tell me about the as crunch. SEMA turns. What did you build? How did you come up with it? And what did we see at the show? So I built a '73 Chevy C30 Crew Cab Dually. Nice. Um, it was a mistake. It was so I had one when I was younger. I had a matching jet boat and everything. I actually like when my first got into severed ties. I had I had a crew cab dually, square body style, and um, kind of my midlife crisis. I went to LST last year, and uh, they were just starting to make a comeback. I've always liked the square body truck, so I found one, and and it was kind of a weird deal. This guy had owned it, and I don't know if he hit hard times or what the story was, but it was in a fence in a backyard in Adelanto. Oh, Literally wow. had to take the fence down to get the truck out. Well, by the way, Adelanto is off 395, basically north of Los Angeles, on your way to nowhere, mm. Ridgecrest, mm. <laughs> like, like yeah. past Palmdale, all that. It's way it out is, there. 395 is a hot, is you guys, if you come out to Southern California yeah. and you have time and you do the Hollywood yeah. thing and the Disneyland thing. You get on 395. First off, it takes you an hour and a half to get to 395. To get to but once you get there, you're going to drive through 395, and you're going to think that it just goes forever. Yeah. It doesn't, but it just is a That's bizarre. how you get up to, like, Mammoth and Mount Whitney and, you know, all that stuff up in the uh, Owens Valley. 395 runs right up the middle of it. Again, places you'll never need to go. Unless you're off-roading. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> or, or, or looking for crew cab dualies. So you find yourself in <laughs> Adelanto. Is it a three plus three? Yes. See, that one of the things I loved about the square body dually crew cabs is like everything was, oh, two plus two. I got my two plus two sports car. Chevy said, hold my beer. And if, and they have those three plus three badges because it's a front bench seat and a rear sure. bench seat. And I, I, lo- I love that about those It's trucks. no longer a three plus three because I put buckets in the Sure, car, of but, course. But, um... So and I had to do the trip twice because I went up there to look at the truck. And, you cut and the fence down to get in. Oh, I didn't cut the fence down. I, I had to go back, and he took the fence down. Oh, wow. really? He had try, literally, I drove up there, looked at the truck, gave him some money. He didn't have a title for it or nothing else, but uh, it was it was the truck I wanted. Four fifty four truck. Yeah. Okay. Um. So it was a truck that I wanted, and it it was somebody had used it to tow. A drag boat at some point had the wing on the back of it. Oh, no way. Shell. Oh, my so Lord. Yes. You've never seen my truck. No. Oh, I'll have to show you a picture then. Um, so it had the wing on the back of it, the sleeper shell. It had the little uh, chin spoiler on the front, running boards, Alcoa's, the whole nine yards, I just right? had assumed, Brett, wow. that you put that all on there. That's awesome. No, 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 no. So, um, and it was the exact truck that I wanted, you know, um... It was Kismet. that growing up in Yucca Valley, I just saw those trucks go by with yeah. drag boats or you know behind them all the time, and it was it was everything that I wanted, but I wanted it to be a little more modern, you know. 
So I agreed to buy the truck, went up there. The guy's like, okay, I gave him some money, and it had license, it had a Washington title. It hadn't been registered in God knows how many years. Just a whole mess. And the guy broke down in tears because he didn't want to sell the truck. It had been in the backyard oh, wow. for like 10 years. And um, he didn't want to sell it, but he had no choice. He's like, I just I got to do it. That dude, as soon as you left, sat in the backyard in a beat-up yeah. old aluminum you know, beach chair that had half the nylon uh, weaving mm-hmm. ripped out mm-hmm. of it. One bun, his right bun is hanging yeah, out. Yeah, the right it. bun's hanging out, and he has like a Swisher Sweet or Backwoods <laughs> or some yeah. crappy cigar. Yeah, he was, and he's drinking <laughs> bourbon. He's drinking wild turkey, and he's smoking a Backwoods cigar, crying, and he's literally looking at the spot where his truck used to be. Well, I had to go back a week and a half later to get it because he had to take the fence down. When I went back, he refused to be there because he didn't want oh my to see gosh. the truck leave. Oh, my. So so for those of you who, who are, it's got American Force wheels on it. Yes, sir. So it looks like, what, 22 and a half? 22s, yeah. Okay, so it's, uh, it's totally slammed. It's a square body. It's like candy apple red. Uh, it's actually uh, House of Colors Cosmos red. Okay, Cosmos red. Ma- so it's Matrix freaking, version, r- Freaking red. It's, it's basically yeah, freaking it's red. a lot of red. Polished wheels. But what, it's, what is awesome is it has the like one third shell on the back with the stainless steel polished wing or aluminum wing on top, so you still have five feet of bed. Yeah, you just that, have three. Yeah, five feet. That is uh, something special, and it's cool because it's got the clearance lights on it. And I know I left all the a lot. A lot yep. of guys are like shave everything, and a lot of guys are like clearance lights are dumb. I'm not that guy. I'm the guy. That if I have a twenty five hundred and I can order clearance lights, you my truck's it. having clearance lights. Yeah. So this thing is so, absolutely gorgeous. So it had the. Tell me about the the wing setup on there. So we we got to post a picture of, of Brett's truck on social. Yeah, yeah. Back back in the day when everybody used those trucks to tow um, their race cars, they put the wings on there so they would get better gas mileage. And did they help, or was it just yeah, smoke and mirrors? I, I don't, was it knows? like an Integra with a I giant mean, it wing? Was, it was a big block Chevrolet, and gas was a dollar a gallon. Who really right. cared? You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Um, so they, they put them on there. They put the running boards on there, and that was the quintessential dually for that day. You know, And um, I always loved that truck, and I found this one, and, and the wing was on it. The sleeper shell was on it. Now, the sleeper shell that's on it now is not the one that came with the truck because I didn't want windows on the side of it. I mean, I made changes. You can't buy that wing from Turbo anymore. You can buy a different version, but I wanted the original Turbo wing. So took the whole wing all apart, repolished it all, riveted it all back together. Everything from the truck, head wow. to toe. Um, it was a rotisserie build. It was on a, you know, the whole undersides painted, frames all powder coated, uh, 6.2 liter Whipple charged LS in it, all custom aftermarket. Who did the work on it? Uh, just a bunch of friends got together for me. It, okay. It's it's gorgeous. I'm I'm scrolling through his phone. I'm hoping uh, I don't find the uh, <laughs> <Careful>. the nudies. <laughs> That's my number one rule. When somebody owns, oh, uh, when somebody hands you an iPhone, do not scroll. That's the number. But but I can see in the preview pictures, I'm safe for a while. There's a lot of truck here. <laughs> and, you, might, uh, you, might, you might run into some pictures of Jake McKitty's mom. <laughs> <laughs> so you pull this truck out of this. Uh, you know he's not there. You pull the truck out. You tow it home because it's not running. Right. And and what's the first thing you start doing to this thing? Oh, so and, and uh, do, hold on, did you freak that you're like what have I got myself into because no, I have to show this thing at SEMA? Or did no. you have a did you have a spot already so, confirmed? So it wasn't going to be a SEMA truck. Oh, wasn't? No, this is just for you. It was just gonna be man. I got this truck and I and I like it and I was just gonna clean it up, do an LS swap on it, put some Alcoas on it or bigger wheels on it and just cruise it. I have a truck that started like that and went full frame off and has now been sitting at Banks for a year. Yeah, <laughs> so it, I, I, I started taking it apart and I pulled the bed off to start looking at, you know, we had the bed pulled off to look at what it was going to take to do the airbags and narrow the rear end and all that stuff. And 
you know, it's only six more bolts and the cab comes off. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so before so, you knew it, it so was Brett on just showed me the audio system. What? How big? Are, 16, 16 subwoofers. It's got so double, the, the, the double whole, 16s in the back. The whole sleeper cab. Wait, 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 wait. 16s? Who makes a 16? Rockford Fosgate. They make a 16? So yeah. check this out. It used out. to go 15 and 18. So, Man, yeah. am I older? You, right. you they, guys. They decided that they wanted to do everything one inch bigger. Yeah. <laughs> you guys will like oh, wow. this. Uh, so right behind your head. Literally. Oh, that's Gary. Mm-hmm. We're going to interview Gary. We won't turn it talk about him now but gary is doing your install there nice yeah. he's the best of the best so, so oh, a, just so everybody dude. who's listening to this knows lightning been in radio for about 400 years he cannot actually <laughs> You're hear just a dick okay 200 years <laughs> okay that's he, better. he cannot hear what and so the setting on his headphones are ridiculously high and my i don't have the best hearing i did a lot of stupid things with cars and motorcycles and stuff like that but i put on his headphones one day because i wanted to test our system when he wasn't here and it was like oh my so that those are the speakers he needs in his truck so he can hear music. <laughs> Absolutely true, dude. I've had these headphones, these MDR seventy five hundred six Sony's that you've got on your head right mm-hmm. now. I've been wearing these since I was twenty. Great wow. headphone. Wow. Five, you're on five to seven days a week. I'm not on ten. I am on. I am at least double everybody. Oh, you're, else. you're easily double me. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Sorry, way off topic of um, trucks. Yeah, now. but you know, I think people care. But they're, I think they're interested. Fosgate in seven sixteen. 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 And you got two right behind your head. Two sixteens. So, so where you got separates in the doors, or where I have, I have two sixteens. I have six and a half components in the back corners back here. I have six and a half inch in the kick panels. Four threes and four tweeters in the dash. Nice. Okay. There's a twenty five hundred watt. Amp on each subwoofer. You just stick with Fosgate everywhere, or no? Yeah, it's all Fosgate. Okay, um, twenty five hundred watt amp on each subwoofer. Now, how did you do Fosgate when you're really good friends <laughs> with Steve Brown at Alpine? No, 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 just, mother <laughs> Steve Brown. Yeah, yeah. mother <laughs> Steve Brown. Um, ah, Steve's an awesome dude. But did he feel violated? We're like, uh, he doesn't know yet. He's listening no, now. No, no, he knows. He knows. <laughs> he knows. Um, it's Fosgate and Alpine. Like, they've battled forever. It's a friendly battle, but they battled forever. I, I've, you know, the, the, being the me. The battle over Brett's truck. Right, right. Being me, and I know, I know <laughs> everybody. <laughs> everybody. And I know so many people, and they all have some sort of thing with each other. But I've had I've had people at, at, at Rockford for a long time. Brett, long let's be time. honest. You threw out the request for proposal, and Rockford came up and said, we're an inch bigger. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, no. Um <laughs> Just some changes of the guard at Alpine, and Steve wasn't able to get it done. Oh, Ooh. yeah. Um, and I've forged really good relationships on both aspects. I mean, literally, one of the head dudes at Rockford Fosgate. I was been in his son's wedding. His son is in severed ties. Either way, I'm I'm good. I I did a lot of stuff with Rockford before I met Steve. And and what head unit do you have? Alpine. Uh, <laughs> full circle, my friends. Full circle. Full circle uh, I, guess, I, kn- yeah. I knew that that yeah. would be the redemption Actually, question. Technically, right now, I don't have a head unit. I have a Bluetooth um, just feeds in because I can't get Gary to finish the center console. <laughs> yeah, we got to have a Gary. We're talking about a guy named Gary Bell, and mm-hmm. you guys don't know Gary Bell probably, but um, he used to work at Alpine at mm-hmm. one point, and mm-hmm. he has branched out on his own, and he has made some of – uh, many award-winning systems, yes. and he makes car audio systems for band members of bands that I can absolutely guarantee you have heard. Classic rock bands that you that are 
mass like so anyway so we're going to have Gary committed that he's going to come in after SEMA because he has the quote unquote SEMA crunch right now so you get the you get the sound system in but that's not really till later you've got the frame yeah. off restore yeah, the whole it's, thing it's, it was it was a frame off deal it's all all air suspension all the way around uh, slam slam bags front and rear Michigan Metalworks front arms via air compressors AccuAir ride control um Pretty much the best of the best of everything in it. It's got a 6.2 liter LS with a Whipple charger. It's basically on it. done right. It's yeah. the truck. It's the truck you wish you could have had back in the day that you could afford to build. Now. But it's interesting that you said it was a mistake. I, I didn't say it was a mistake. I said that's not how it was supposed to be. Wait, you said when we first started talking about your truck, you're like, I did this whole thing, but it was kind of a midlife crisis, kind of a mistake. You did say that, so why? Well, because it, it got out of control. It, by a mistake, I mean what was supposed to be just a truck that I was going to yeah. cruise around and it's not be a be driver. Yeah. Uh, and that's a full show still, quality. It still is a driver, yeah. but now I'm more concerned about yeah, it because yeah. I, I do drive it. Um, but I think more about it. Like, you know, I was just going to put a 5.3 LS in it and a 4 transmission. <laughs> ended up with a 6.2, 6-speed Whipple Charger, <laughs> Comp Cam, you know. I mean, 725 horsepower. It, it's it's. I hope you have the, a 6L90 in that thing. A 6L80. All right. It's it's um <laughs> it's the best that everything you could possibly do. It's got Snowden seats around the inside. Um, yeah, Alan, seats are gorgeous. Allen at 714 did all the wrap, the door panels and the dash and all that stuff. Everything about the truck is just meticulous front to back. And how? What was the reception like at? Uh, and where did you? Sh- who did you show it for at at SEMA? Because A and M Hot Rod Glass. A and M Hot Rod Glass. Interesting. So, what was the reception to the dually out at SEMA? Horrible. No. <laughs> because really? Because no, I shouldn't say horrible. It was lacking. Because I got there late and I ended up. Why late? Out. What happened? You know when you're supposed to be there. They tell you your check-in time. Have you ever tried to build a truck from the ground up? Yes. At SEMA on time? I was. I had to flatbed my truck to SEMA the first time. It how, how late were you? About six hours. Six hours is all it took. Mm-hmm. So you had a prime spot where in the front or mm-hmm. inside, and you in were you meant you went to the back. Okay, got it. The response was good. Everybody that did see it was super stoked. It got it got a. So it's a, not that I got a bad response. It just didn't get as seen as you had hoped. Yes, different. It, it, it was different. parked in between a big lifted van and another uh, lifted truck. I mean, literally in out behind. Yeah. I had hoped that there was some food vendors out there, and I'd hoped it would get a little bit more. But the social media response has been phenomenal. Yeah. Does it have a hashtag or what is it? What is the uh, truck Rojo Grande hashtag Rojo Grande Rojo Grande. Yeah. So there um, you go. Hashtag I went, I went to Grande. I went to the Brothers Truck Show, about 800 vehicles this year, and it's only a top 20. Uh, we missed that. Yeah, I, yeah. I called Holman the the day after or the the, the afternoon. That's what we didn't the, do this year. It was Brothers. <laughs> we just missed it. Yeah, yeah. I, I I was pretty honored to make top 20 out of 800 vehicles. Oh wow, wow. very yeah. good. I, I mean, I, about that. just looking at the the pictures on your phone, it's it's unbelievable. It, it I'm proud of the truck. I I I'm first to admit that it's not everybody's taste. I get a lot of shit about the wing. A lot of about the sleeper, but I don't Yeah, care. but you know what? That's the era that you grew up in, mm-hmm. and, and it people. means something to you. That's that, what I tell at people. the end of the day, custom trucks are about the storytelling mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. about the the heartstrings and the and what it means to you. Without you built it with your sleeper, dad. Without or, yeah. the wing and all the stuff. It's that, everybody's doing. It looks just like everybody else's. Yeah, yeah there's, there's uh, 20 or 30 that, of them out That there truck right now. is uniquely yours. Yes. Yes. Are you going to hold on to the truck forever or sell it? Oh, Lord. Um, always open to offers. Okay, well, yeah, because sometimes people aren't. They're like, nah, it's mine. It ain't going anywhere. So I've had, I have a Chevelle. I have a 65. It's actually a Malibu 300 post car in wow. my garage that um, my dad and I built when I was a kid. And um, it's been in my garage in pieces, and it's what I should have built instead of that truck. 
the truck it just got away from me yeah you know i started out i'm just gonna do a few things and cruise it and we, we should build it for sema and then we could get this and we could do that and, sure you know and then all these people because back to a no and so many people all these people just came out of the woodwork I'll wanting help to help I got it. oh yeah. absolutely yeah. and i'm grateful for every one of them but i ended up getting way in over my head i it should say over my head it just ended up with a truck that i didn't it's not what i wanted and i shouldn't say it's not what i wanted it's not what i was shooting for to begin let me with. ask you now are you um what's the word i'm looking for where you're um you don't let people sit in it or touch it or like some like protective over it you know it's, nah, your, it's your baby not, not or so will much. you or will you hot rod it will you nah, we, you know so, light up the rear end so the weird the weirdest thing my daughter she got, she's 13 she just turned 13 she's been around she's not really a car kid you know um, the old lady, she's not much interested in it at all. But my daughter, in the beginning, she kind of made fun of me. Ah, it's a pig farmer truck. She she laughed at it a little <laughs> bit. She talked a little bit of shit. And then the first time she rode in it and saw somebody pull up next to us, start taking pictures of it on the freeway, pulled up to a stoplight, everybody's giving you thumbs up. And then she started realizing, hey, this thing's kind of cool. Hey, Dad, could you bring your truck home and drive me to school for that, the first that, time? Seriously, <laughs> yeah. I have an 11 year old, yeah. and that's how you know that they're in it. they want you to take them to school in it. So that's, now, that's now normally I, I keep it at Casey's shop, but a lot of times her and I will go, we'll find a show to go to on the weekends, and she'll get up early in the morning and go sit at a car show, old man car show, because it's registered as a 73, so I can get into all these old classic shows and still be in the truck class because I put a later model front clip and stuff on it, but it's technically a 73 truck. That is um, really cool when you can bond with your kid. You so know? we go. We're actually we're going to cruising for a cure here in a few weeks. Very cool. Yeah. Very very cool. What is the current state of severed ties? And um, where, if someone wants to, I know you said it was difficult to get involved. Do they go to the website if they wanted to actually apply? And how does it? And then, what are some of the events that people could be aware of and actually go and see what you guys are all about? Just have to go to shows, and if you see somebody, stop and talk to them. We don't really – we have a website. We have a, we have a page. We have a Facebook page. All this stuff. We don't really entertain the idea of because you're from nowhere, you want to be in severed ties. We're just going to start talking to you over the internet because ultimately, we still need to meet you. Ultimately, you still need to come around. So if you go to a show, the, the way it goes is you go to a show, you meet a few dudes, you hang around with them. If they're cool, then they, you know, if you're cool enough to, that they'll let you hang around – then you start making relationships, and then you work up to becoming a petitioner. Then you work into becoming a member. So for somebody to actually just get on the internet and look for some way to get in severed ties, it doesn't happen. You basically have to be. You got to want it. You got to be jumped in. You know. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting because it's like with with a lot of millennials, right? Young people, they love the hunt of on the internet. Mm -hmm. So we've talked about this many times, Holman and I. It's it's not finding the product online when they're going to find a cool truck part, car part, whatever. It's or find a T-shirt that none of their friends have, whatever, right? They, they love the hunt, and the the T-shirt they get is just it's the prize, right? I think you said it best last time. It's yeah. just the it's the it's the award for winning the hunt, and the hunt would seem almost insurmountable to get to you guys because they just can't go online or on their phone while they're sitting on the toilet and go several ties. Uh, I found these guys. I'm going to join. It's imp you can't. You can't. So I would imagine that once they learned about a group like yours, it would be even more tantalizing to yeah, get in. Yeah, but there are the new new, new the, this generation of people want instant gratification. True story. Being in severed ties is, is you know getting into severed ties is a couple years. That's process. that's the anti instant gratification. Yes, <laughs> it's the ultimate badge of honor. If you get into severed ties and you have the stick to itiveness and you finally get in, ain't none of your friends getting in. You know what I mean? No, like, yeah, not, I mean, they may, yeah. but it's going to take time. And they're like, how'd you get in? Uh, the, the thing I feel like is we're, we're like, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? I don't want to date myself, but 
<laughs> we're not the millennial thing just isn't working for us. We're just we're just old souls. You know what I'm saying? Even the younger guys that are coming around, we're just old souls. Um, my daughter, 13 years old, she's an old soul. You know what I'm saying? Um, so for somebody for somebody that comes around, and, and I, I kind of think of it like religion, okay? I think feel like regardless of you can in, – in this day and age, you can decide what you want to believe is your ultimate end, go, end game, and you can find a religion that will cater to it. And I feel that in the car clubs, it's the same thing. You can figure – there's a car club out there that will cater to whatever it is you're looking to get out of it. We're not willing to change to, to cater to what you want. To get out of it, you need to find yeah, a club that works for you. You come assimilate to our lifestyle. Yeah. But work. what happens is a lot of times is we get these younger kids that'll spend a year, year and a half, two years, to try to get in. They get in, and the first thing they want to do is tell them about all the things they need that, that they would like to have changed. Yeah, interesting. So I'm not too interested in finding no more kids because I don't want to listen to them tell me what they want to change. What kind of stuff do they want to change? They want more shows. They want what? Um, they want just, me- they want meetups that last one hour. Because that's what a lot of the car clubs now are. They're like two-hour meetups. Yeah, right. And I don't, I don't get that. I, I'm more again. I was never, I never a car guy. I like to party. I was, I mean, not so much now. But when I was younger, partying was my thing. I went there because it was a party. The problem with social media mm-hmm. is, if you think about it, when we were all kids, you knew when everybody's at somebody's house because there's a pile of bikes out front. Mm-hmm. Kids, <laughs> that's so true. Right? That's true. <laughs> kids don't do that today. Kids get on FaceTime, they get on Facebook, they get on Instagram, and they sit in their room alone and they don't talk to each other. Back then, we actually had to make an effort to see each other. We had to ride to our buddy's house, or we all was like gleaming the cube and a pack of us on skateboards or BMX bikes or whatever would head somewhere. We all went somewhere. That's a movie reference, by the way. <laughs> gleaming the cube. Based, Look on, it up. based, on, based on that same logic, okay. okay you were so excited to go to a car show because you hadn't seen these people in three or four months, and you got there, and all the euphoria of seeing them far weighed out all the shit you had to talk. Yeah. Nowadays, everybody goes to a show, and they've already seen 137 pictures of the truck that they're looking at on the internet. Yep. They're just there to pick it apart. Yep. They're not there. They're not there to see what you did right. They're there to yeah. see what you did wrong. It's, at that, it's almost like being in an art gallery mm-hmm. where somebody doesn't get your vision, and then they start saying, "Well, I wouldn't do it that way," or that, oh "Those paint God. strokes are out," or "You're my outside God. the line," and, or whatever. I've been guilty of that myself. At sometimes when I'm dealing with somebody who's built, you know, maybe if you did, but I try to stop myself because it is the ultimate. It's a dickhead move. <laughs> I would have done it a little bit. You know, well, you should have. What if you did this? And nobody wants to hear that. They did it the way they wanted to do it, and that's that. But where now, when you've already had so much exposure to your vehicle, and that was the one thing that I tried to do before this truck, I let out teasers only. No real pictures until SEMA. Let, you know, showed the sponsors and the products that were coming, but no, you know, a rendering, just like one or two shots of a rendering here and there, but very, very minimal, minimal information until SEMA, because I wanted people to build hype around wanting to come see it, not just get there to pick it apart. And that's all we do anymore. And I, and I, I do it too. Kev Dog will tell you all the time. <laughs> I get him say, well, what you guys say? Shut up, Brad. Just shut up. He <laughs> tells me all the time. Well, I mean, it's the um, it's it speaks to who you are. Your your car, your truck. It it's your personalization. And when you start ragging on somebody, or even even kindly, oh, I, you know what? You might want to consider. You're like, that's like telling somebody what to how to dress. You know, you mm-hmm. may think that guy's shirt is whack, but he thought it was cool when he put it on that morning. I mean, literally, I can be on the I can be on Facebook and be interacting with sixty different people at the same time. I don't need to look forward to seeing them because I've already I know what's going on in their life day to day. Back in the day, you didn't call everybody on the phone. You didn't text anybody. You so had to what's, call. What's the future of a car clubs? <laughs> Truck clubs um, sever ties. Negative camber. You know. I keep hoping that young kids aren't into cars. 
and the few that are, they're into imports. Meats. I don't. I don't even mind the imports. I can appreciate what anybody puts in if, if they show pride in their ride. I can appreciate the effort that they do. Whether I care for the style or not, I can appreciate the fact that they're proud of what they're driving. You like the passion. Um, yeah, yeah. But I don't like where the the these hangouts, you know, they're, they're not going, they're, they're not, they're just going so to sit there. that's just to show off. Yeah. That's yeah. just to show yeah, it's, off it's, is all that it's is. A, it's a measuring contest, right? It's like, no, the, that's the thing. They don't even measure. They just get there and go, hey, all right, cool. We were here getting the yeah. car and leave. Yeah. There's a guy that throws well, a show. you know what? That, that's just so they can take an Instagram photo. Right. Exactly. They exactly. Because they exactly. want everybody to know the, the lifestyle that they're, that they're leading and, and all that stuff. But the problem with kids today is, is. <laughs> you just. <laughs> I know. Kids today. I know. Are you I'm, me? You I'm did old. not just say that. Anyway, you did not just say the problem this, with kids today. This is uh, this is an honest <laughs> assessment. By the way, I'm the youngest person in the room, so you don't know that. You're assuming. You're probably right, but you're assuming. Uh, All right. We're sorry. Your call cannot be completed as dialed. <laughs> so the problem with kids today, and I'm going to repeat it because I own oh, my words. Stop it. Listen, kids today don't want to drive. No, they don't. They, they don't. wait till eighteen or twenty-one. I'm sorry. Are you referring to my sixteen-year-old that just got a Scion that d- has driven it three times? There you go. At least he has a driver's license. Most kids these no, days. No, he doesn't. Are no, he doesn't. He permit. Doesn't. He has a permit, okay. and he doesn't care but, enough to get a license. Okay. Well, my point his being, his father, that, his father is a co-host of the Churchill Podcast. You know, even talking to my daughter. My daughter loves doing car stuff and off-roading and hanging out with me, and she's like, "Dad, I don't know. I don't need to drive." What? Don't ever speak those words in this house ever again, right? She goes, it's just too much, too expensive and too much responsibility. At 11, I'm like, what are you worried about all that stuff for? I remember when we were about to get our license, we would die. I remember my birthday was on, my 16th birthday was on a Thursday. And my dad's like, we'll go on Friday to get your license. And I was more, I'm, what? No! Thursday! What? Thursday! And he's like, no, Friday. And we went on Friday. And it's like, this, this is not right, damn it. I've been waiting 16 years. Kids today are like, uh, you mean I have to get a license before I yeah. go off to college? Yeah, they absolutely. just the passion isn't there because in five years a pod is going to come without a driver or steering wheel, pick them up and take them to wherever they need to go. And and those of us who grew up in car culture and hot rodding and all the things that we love to do is is they're going to look at us like you know we were the I don't even know what the good analogy would be. Our so, parents, so my, to, our parents just, just have the same blow, beef with us. To I'm blow sure. my own horn just a little bit here because I'm going to do it. Um, <laughs> My daughter's 13. She's asked me for a Carmen Ghia. Oh, wow. She doesn't want just a Carmen Ghia. She wants me and her to build a Carmen Ghia. Okay. And she's okay that it doesn't have air conditioning and all that kind of shit. She just wants a Carmen Ghia. Good for her. I'm stoked. But at 16 years old, it's not what I want my kid on the freeway. No. Lane. You know no, what I'm saying? It's not. It, Death it's, trap. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, 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 my point was, I'm stoked that she wants a car. She's already yeah. talking about her driver's license. She's already you know putting away money. And, and Rock on. that makes me happy. Rock on. So there it is. Mr. Brett Oaks. <laughs> Seven times. We went around a big circle and didn't really get anywhere. We sure well, did. I mean, we just have to have you come back. Right? We covered a lot of ground. We did. Like, I don't know squat about, you know, the, the severed ties. Anything we talked about. Lineage? No. I mean, I don't <laughs> we did, know. We did, we did cover the lineage. No, Brett, we appreciate it. I've been oh, trying to get you yeah, in here yeah, since yeah. show number one, as you'll recall. If it makes you feel any better, I've done the same thing to a lot of other people. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're here. Yeah, I think Ronnie from C10 Talk, I think he really dislikes me because I pretty much blew him off right before SEMA. <laughs> um, yeah, I've, I've been approached by a lot now, of people. Now, Ronnie at C10 Talk. We've tried he, to get him, but I, I uh, he won't answer his Facebook He's Facebook doing messages. the same thing to us that you did to him. And no, is he I, in a I've club? I've got his number. Is he in a club? Uh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. He's not in my club, no. So, oh, interesting. No, he um, 
the square body world is is becoming big, but it's kind of small, and everybody kind of knows everybody. And and this truck has garnered some attention in that realm. Yeah, no, he's he's got a pretty decently sized podcast. It's it's yeah, it's, we, we thought ours. On. Yeah, we've been try- if you know if you know Ronnie, let him know. I, We're I trying can to get, get hold of him. I can get hold of him. I can okay. hold anybody. I'm two degrees separated from everybody in the so world. The man. Kevin ba- <laughs> the Kevin Bacon of sever- of the uh, custom truck world. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm two degrees separated from everybody in the world. <laughs> Brett. Yeah, thank you for coming in. Oh, my pleasure, man. My President pleasure. of Severed Ties right here. Ladies and gentlemen! Woo! Shouldn't you do the clapping? Uh, yeah, well, the clapping. Ladies and gentlemen! Hold on, well, I, hold on a second. Uh, yeah, I, it's, it's kind of kind of weenie, you know what I mean? That works. <laughs> <laughs> right on, man. Well, thanks for uh, hanging out in our uh, uh, filthy sure, little man. studio. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. By the way, did you get any ants crawling on you? Uh, you know what? Now that you're going to stop... <laughs> No, I didn't get any on me, but as soon as you start talking about how you might have got some on you, then you feel itchy regardless. Dude, I had a feeling that Brett would deliver. That was awesome. I've been, it wasn't joking. I have actually been asking him to come in and be a guest since episode one. I met him about 15 years ago and probably haven't seen him in 12 or 13 years. Oh, really? Yeah. I see him whenever I go over to uh, to Alpine to go see Steve Brown. Because he's hanging out in the lobby? And he, No, no, he's under-wrenching. Oh, awesome. Just donating his time. He's uh, Whenever I'm working on like a high-level project, yeah. automotive, he's there. And I go, how are you connected <laughs> to every project I, I, I'm aware of? It's yeah, right? Just, it's very bizarre. So, yeah, good guy. And I, I really knew very little about the truck club culture. Well, I, I think you know a lot more now. <laughs> I do, I do. <laughs> All right. Hey. Wrap it up. Another episode of Truck Show Podcast. We want your email. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. Oh, oh. You don't think they're doing a good enough job singing? You no, have to I have it? to sing. It's just fun. <laughs> like this is, the, this is my one moment of the week where yes. I enjoy the heck out of myself. Hey, by the way, thank you very much to Nissan, our very proud sponsor, and we are honored to have you. And uh, again, callingalltitans.com, correct? Callingalltitans.com. Hashtag callingalltitans. And uh, thanks, everybody, for your five-star reviews and your subscriptions to the podcast. Tell your friends. Five stars! Five stars!